Valverde. God. Sorry. I farted. We are fired up after a little month-long break away from the fantasy goo. We are about to drop some good knowledge on your domes. This show is the early bird catches the worm edition of musts, sleepers, and busts. And I am excited to have Houdini to the left of me. Welcome back, my friend. Hope you had a good time off. We've got Wazman to the left there uh, as well, joining us, and the stag parties across from me. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com, and obviously a lot's happening in, this, in the NFL. As always, we're going to start the show off by going into the free agency uh, transactions that have happened so far. And then discuss a little bit about some of the guys that are lingering out there and where we'd like to see them go or where they might go. Then segment two is going to be musts, which are guys we think early, real early, early bird, are guys that you really got to keep an eye on and and could be great picks for you come drafts in the fall. Uh, Sleepers and busts. So, what's up, dudes? You guys ready? (laughs) Ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's totally psyched to be back. It's like like coming back to work after being on vacation for a month. (laughs) Nope. It doesn't really help that we just had like a whole bunch of snow yesterday either. The weather is kind of terrible this whole week. It's freezing. Just a few weeks ago we had 60, 70 degree weather, so we're still a little pissed off about that. It's true. We got lucky, but now we're about to get totally fucked. We're gonna, it's gonna be uh, snowing in in May. But... (laughs) The good thing is, it's actually somewhat light out as we start hitting record at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. So, daylight savings is upon us, and as we know in this sh- this city that we uh, love, it really does blow when it's not daylight savings here because it gets so dark and you walk out of the office at friggin' 5 o'clock and it's pitch black and you want to jump off a bridge. Is it bedtime yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, the other thing, though, that has my mind preoccupied is that we are on the eve of, because I don't really call it play-in games, the, the tournament has not started yet. The tournament starts tomorrow. So the big dance, March Madness... Uh, I'm very excited and uh, looking forward to watching as many games as I can. You know, speaking about the, the daylight savings time real quick and this whole time zones thing, 
I don't know if anyone kind of like listened to what I was talking about uh, last week on Twitter, but uh, Staggs and myself, we were going to travel to Indianapolis with Justin Higdon um, from the Draft Breakdown Pod, and you know we 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 left at quarter to four in the morning. We we're going to travel about three hours to Indianapolis and make it uh, in time to watch the wide receivers and quarterbacks kind of do their thing. About halfway through the trip, I'm looking at my phone, and all of a sudden I saw my, my time change. It's like, huh, huh, that, that, that's weird. Well, long story short, uh, Indianapolis is Eastern Standard Time. Correct. Yep. We would have been an hour late. And so we just turned around, head home. I, <laughs> I tucked my tail between my legs, stayed and talked to me for the rest of the week, and uh, that was it. Nice work, guys. Yeah. Keep it up. That's pyro style. Yeah, it right would have been even better. I hope you guys get, went home and started day drinking or something. Maybe. I went home and went immediately to bed. <laughs> and, and I woke up right when John Ross ran a 4-2-2. So <laughs> I, I did all right. <laughs> I, I, I caught the highlight of the day and slept for like an additional eight hours. It would have only been better if you guys were like leaving and left like early in the, in, the, in the night, and not only was it Indianapolis, and you had the time change, but then it was also daylight savings time, so then you lost another hour. Oh. Well, there's some places in Indiana that don't uh, observe it, so yeah. I don't know if Indianapolis... It's only like half the state. Yeah, like, it's they, weird. They like, don't do it really that. Uh, you know, Gary is still, you know, Chicago Central time, and then you go a little bit further, and suddenly you hit a point that's like an ominous marker, and it's like, oh, by the way... Pretty sure it's yeah. Monticello, yeah. but who cares? Yeah. Yeah. The Amish, the Amish don't even have electricity. Lake Monticello, so. where there's more than corn in Indiana. <laughs> more soy oh, that's, no, that's corn. like Schaefer. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, guys, here's what we're not gonna do. You mentioned we'll talk, we'll talk about it if it works, but we're not gonna go into one of the newest uh, bit of news that happened, the combine stuff. We're not really gonna cover that. We're thinking about doing some of that in this show, but we're gonna save that for a future podcast where we can really break down the rookies, break down the draft, and we'll include uh, combine and the numbers and all the greatness that happened in the underwear Olympics in that show. So really what we'll do is I think we'll just jump in to the free agency side of things and and, um, we can bounce around or we can go by position, but Kirk Cousins is a little bit in flux. Who knows what news is is the right news there. Signed his, um, you know, free agent tag. Guy's making $24 million a year. Holy crap, is he psyched and but. There's lingering news and, and, and rumors that maybe he's headed to the Browns. Maybe he's headed to reunite with Shanahan and the 49ers. What do you guys think could happen there? Uh, do you think it's all just BS and they're going to keep him around? Well, whether they do keep him around, I, I don't think he has to like the situation that he's, that he's got right now. Pierre Garçon's gone. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's gone. So they've stripped the cupboard for, for him. And I don't know really what you have. They, they, you know, they're finding the replacement for the GM. So you're, you're trying to say that we have faith. He has no faith in, in, in what the organization is really doing. He is hamstrung, signed to the franchise tender. So... You know what? It won't surprise me that they're going to continue to shop him around and just continually do that because there's been no respect shown either way between these two, from what I can see. The thing is, they don't think he's that good and right. he wants all this money, but he knows he's good enough in a market where if you're just slightly above average, you can make $20, $25 million a year. So why are you going to give up on that? And he doesn't really want to play on a one year deal, you know, if something were to happen to him. I mean, he's got a lot of leverage in some situations just because, you know, pretty good quarterbacks don't hit free agency that often. And when they do, they get paid. So he's just waiting for this free franchise tag to be over, 
Um, one year down the line doesn't mean he has to be back with Washington. Uh, he could just be anywhere he wants, but he has a pick of the litter. Because that's when it's really going to matter, when he has all the leverage next year. Do you, and what I'm hearing is that, and tell me if I'm wrong, and you know, I read all this stuff, so I don't, I, I don't know what's BS and what's just, uh, where these sources come from. But I'm hearing that they might hire Mike Mayock as their GM. Isn't that the kind of thing? I mean, I, I, I love that guy. He's one of my favorite football talking heads out there. He's a is, bright pick for you. Yeah, isn't he going to be, isn't, if, that, if he gets signed, isn't that kind of going to make Cousins be a little bit more fired up? Because can't they... Sign them. Can't they tag them again next year? No, tag them twice. This, okay, you can only get tagged and bagged twice. And that's, okay, yeah. that's you know, and, and you mentioned how you know there's all these rumors floating around if he's even going to stay in Washington, if he's going to go uh, the Browns or 49ers or any other team. The thing is, it's that time this off season too, where all these. Quarter, uh, teams that are lacking quarterbacks, they're just going to plug and play, okay, this team could use this, let me write an article about it. So pretty much, I'm, I'm scrubbing everything about that. The only thing I was really focused on was Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm, I'm surprised nothing's happened yet. Uh, but, you know, that, that's for another conversation. So well, That's one they say is That's not fine. Let's segue. Well, that's enough about Cousins. What do you guys think? And we can interject where guys are going to go that haven't signed. What do you think happens? What's the conjecture? Yeah, your J- Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo sounds like he's going nowhere. Like, it's incredible that they don't want to give him up no matter the bounty that's offered back. But I can also see the other side that you're, even if you were to somehow lose Tom Brady, knock on your wood, you know, mass holes, um, knock on your wood, um, you'd still have Jimmy Garoppolo coming out here slinging the rock. And you'd probably still be the favorite in the AFC. Uh, with all the things you've done this offseason, which we'll get into a little bit later, and all the weapons you have on offense around the guy, you'd still be the favorite, we know, in your division, because you could just stamp that one, but you'd probably still be the AFC favorite. And, you know, I'd like their odds. I also think that, you know, maybe they're looking at this really long term and saying life beyond Brady. Because if they've identified that Garoppolo is that the real deal, then you are going to not want to give him up. You've been grooming all these other young quarterbacks behind Brady, but now we're at the eventual age for Brady that father time is going to, is going to take its course eventually here. Didn't they and just sign him to three more years? No, it was, is this the third year for Garoppolo? This is his third year, right? He was 2014. 14, I think. So, But I'm saying he's still so young relatively. You know? So if you believe he's the guy, you're going, to, you're going to hold him back and make him play out through his entire rookie contract, Aaron and then Rogers you're going to pay style. him. Then you're going to pay him to take over. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah, you know, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is, you know, the real deal. I, I think uh, him staying in New England would be great for his career. What, one to two years, most of us would assume Tom Brady would say, thanks, it's been great. Um, although, New England is also actively shopping him because they can receive all these picks, and if they move him, that shows us how they feel about Jacoby Brissett. So, I mean, they, they got all these great prospects at quarterback lined up. Uh, I don't think they could do any wrong, and that's kind of you know lousy to think about for the New England Patriots. It's going to be a long ride of just awesomeness if you're not a Patriots fan. And even even if they trade them, they're going to get a lion's share of picks. Not they're going to get a, a high pick, but they can also get some second and third round picks, which 
you know, that's where they took Garoppolo, surprisingly, three years ago. That's where Dak, what, he went in the fourth round. So they can just grab their next version of who they think is Garoppolo light and, and say, you know what, Brady's going to be here for another three years. Let's get a lion's share for Garoppolo, who's fucking played, what, six games? And let's, do, let's take uh, another guy that we think is going to be the next uh, coming of, of Tom Brady. Yeah, and now we get left with a guy like Mike Glennon here in <laughs> Chicago, uh, which, which is the real exciting fact. So pretty much his deal is three years, $45 million, but $19 million of that is guaranteed. Pretty much his entire first-year salary is guaranteed uh, to about $15 mil, And then, you know, some leftover $4 million dead money next year if something were to happen, if it would be a, a complete bust. If he was but, an ass-wiper? Ah, with, with Glennon, what's the worst that could happen? He could be Brock Osweiler. I mean, and is that really a bad thing when you look at, you know, Chicago's quarterbacks over the last couple of years? Uh, you know, Brock wasn't great, but the numbers still provided some fantasy-worthy players uh, in some cases, but also destroyed some others. But the cupboard's bare for him to work with right now. Everybody's so excited about... Um, the receivers that are going to blossom in Alshon Jeffrey's wake, like like Kevin White, uh, and like all these other guys that are expected to add uh, <laughs> Zach Miller and you know Cameron Meredith. Cam- everybody's on the Cameron Meredith train. I'm there, and that one I'm not. I'm not jumping up. It's like. I'm not jumping on it as if I think this thing's going to be the Hyperloop, but I'll jump on it like it's going to be a, uh, an, uh, the Metro Express. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll have to see what that means the for The LA ADP. Express? <laughs> Remember the yeah. LA Express? Who does? Yeah. So here's the thing for me with, with Glennon. You know, there's, a, there's still a, a bit of unknown. He has not played in two years. So we, have, we, we haven't seen him. Everything that you're going to judge him on in this game tape is going to be what you saw back in 2014. So to me, you know, can you as a quarterback get better because of, you know, maturing and understanding? And I think, I think he can. I think, you know, playing with Jameis, even go back to him in college, you know, you know he was playing side-by-side uh, side with uh, Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson yeah. So he understands it. When you listen to him talk, he actually has like a, a good understanding. Now, the, the, the problem in the knack, uh, knock on him has been that he's a statue. That he doesn't move and he's just going to get pummeled in the pocket. And the Bears, you know, as much as you may want to like Cameron Meredith, is not a very good route runner when you look at like real pristine route runners and things like that that are going to help Glennon to get guys open. you got an unproven guy in Kevin White. So he's got a lot of challenges ahead of him. But... Um, I'll I'll, I'll say that I've seen other quarterbacks that that were drafted pretty highly like him that, you know, failed in their first shot and then had a chance to play somewhere else and have done better. Like, uh, yeah, I think we're hoping he's like a Rich Gannon. But I'm optimistic for him. You know what? I've been reading about him. You see him, he's slight. It looks like one hit by one of these big guys, and the guy's going to be torn in half. But uh, he's cerebral. He's smart. He's been been an elite quarterback quarterback. from rivals to college to getting drafted, staying in this league and making some money. So he must be doing something right. So I'm going to be optimistic. And like Stag said, it's not like we gave up too much. And let's be honest, just ushering out the Jay Cutler era is just like, it's like a great fart. It's, so, it, just feel, it just feels good. You don't really want to be around it and smell it, but it feels good to move on. Are you going to get your moon boots then? I've got one boots right over there. I've been wearing. I've been wearing them for the past couple of days. There you go, and I'm Napoleon. I think it's a good thing to be optimistic about Mike <laughs> Lennon, though, because I mean, 
You put him behind such an awesome offensive line, he shouldn't get hit at all, right? <laughs> great, great stat. Are we only, about the Bears? Yeah, the only quickly, and then we'll move on to the next quarterback signing. The only Bear that's played more than one game from 2014 is Kyle Long. The whole offense is totally new of, of some of players that have started uh, one game or more. Is that that is just crazy? So we are we have cleaned house. What do you got, Stags? He's just also one of those quarterbacks that really struggles with pressure. So they are going to need to do something with their tackles here uh, this offseason. And we've already seen egregious contracts sort of be handed out to some tackles. So maybe in the draft they'll add somebody, but still. Lots of pressure could be coming off the edge, and that could be a problem for Mike Lennon. Uh, so the let's only talk guy- about two, two of our old – let's say we have two of our old quarterbacks from last year. Both went to the 49ers. Uh, quickly, Brian Hoyer, he's, uh, he's slated to start right now um, unless something else happens. And Matt Barkley, both those guys. Both of our Chicago backups are now – the one and two in San Francisco. <laughs> I just gotta say a quick. It's not talking about too much, but what no. do you think about that? I just want to tell you. Just think of this is all the quarterbacks that they have in camp right now there in San Francisco. This is like the, a hideous list uh, of like a, a fantasy horror show. So Brian Hoyer, Matt Barkley, Blaine Gabbert. Gabbert's not on a contract. They resigned him. Uh, last time I checked, Gabbert is going. I believe. I'll double check that for you. Okay, but this was still like as a couple days. They had no quarterback signed at the end of the year. Uh, Christian Ponder, Thaddeus Lewis, these guys. These guys are all gone. Okay, they jettisoned everybody after the end of the season. Once Colin Kaepernick opted out, they had zero quarterbacks under contract. Let's be honest though. Let's just talk. Even if Kaepernick, Gabbert, and Ponder were a part of it. That is just like... It's a Motley crew. is all I'm saying. Yeah, it would yeah, be a Motley crew of disappointment. I would call it more like the Keystone Cops. <laughs> yeah, Blaine Gabbard's still an unrestricted free agent, and I don't think okay. he's been looked at by anybody. So, on that note... My father was a relentlessly self-improving boulangerie owner from Belgium with low-grade narcolepsy and a penchant for buggery. So... The reason you sign Brian Hoyer and you get a guy like Matt Barkley is just because you want to give yourself options in the draft. You don't immediately have to draft a quarterback now with the number two pick. You can wait until the second round. You can wait uh, till a little bit later. And, you know, things might work out for you. It doesn't hamstring you. Also, you're now more able to trade your pick back because you don't have to draft that quarterback. And you can say somebody like the Jets, oh, you need a quarterback? You know, here, we're here for you at number two. You got to get in here before the Bears who need a quarterback. And you have more leverage now that you have somebody competent signed a contract. One thing I'll say, and we'll talk about um, Garcon uh, a little bit later when we get to some wide receivers, but when you got Hoyer playing and behind center, <clears throat> I'm not worried from a fantasy perspective about what receivers and fantasy football points when he's under center. Is he a great quarterback? Is he going to bring you a lot of wins? Is he going to bring you to the promised land? Absolutely not. But he has shown over the course of the last four years that he gets it done, can throw the yardage, and can put up some points for himself and for the weapons around him. So if he's starting day one, I still like some of the weapons on the Niners as a result. Uh, let's go to uh, Foles. Let's quickly let – I mean, Foles goes back to um, the Eagles where he had his best season. Really, there's nothing much else to speak of. In, re- in re- uh, related move to that, they released Chase Daniel yeah. 
Uh, they pretty much paid him more money to do nothing than anybody sort of in the history of Philadelphia sports, at least. And they've had guys like Andrew Bynum. You know what? <laughs> you know what they did. That's that's good. Um, you know what they did there, though. Essentially, is what you just said. And obviously, it was for more money, I guess, than Hoyer. But they did kind of sign him last year just to kind of if they didn't end up going and get being able to get. Uh, you know, what if maybe the Rams had drafted um, Carson Wentz and they're like, "Fuck, we don't want uh, Goff." Maybe that maybe they would have not have drafted a quarterback with the two. So they kind of brought him in so they could have some options. Um, let's go to let's talk about some free agent quarterbacks that haven't signed. Cutler, where where you hearing Jets? Um, obviously Denver. All old Bears go to the Jets. No, yeah. Uh, as Dags mentioned, I think uh, the Jets and Jay Cutler is the only connection I've uh, read about, and that's not just because I'm mostly watching Jets news, but I don't think anyone has any interest in him. They've all seen his poor work ethic, and the last thing they want to put in a rebuilding team, it seems like, it's just like a guy like Jay Cutler. I don't think he's so much of a poor work ethic guy. I don't think he's a first guy and the, the last guy out, <laughs> but he's a poor leader and a poor locker room. I mean, he's, he's, got a, he's a little smug. Yeah, and, and along with that, Everybody's waiting on the Tony Romo shoe to drop. Does he get released so that a team like Houston can go out there and sign him? Um, you know. Also, we got to talk about the Brock Osweiler trade uh, when we talk about free agent quarterbacks. But uh, you know, they might be a landing spot for Jay Cutler should something happen. You know, and Tony Romo doesn't get cut. So there's everybody sort of in a little bit of hiatus waiting on the Tony Romo shoe to fall. Um, right now, they're trying, you know, they're pretty much saying we're not releasing him. Give us something for him. So When do they have till on that? Sorry if I paint you in the corner, but let's see. It's all, I mean, isn't there a certain point where you got to pay the guy and then well, they have to they already, he's oh. already gotten to get his money and now they're... They're, they're fine until OTAs start. They really got to move him before that because what happens is if he gets, once OTAs start, if he walks onto their property, yes, and if he gets hurt anytime after that, they're on the hook for it. So if they don't really intend to keep him, they have to get rid of him before he comes in for OTAs. And, you know, going back to the, the whole, the Tony Romo is probably going to be the first domino because there's still guys out there like Colin Kaepernick who I think could be a, just an okay, you know, journeyman, stopgap quarterback anywhere, really. You know, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is, can be a veteran presence. You know, he's not going to go out there and be starting for a football team next year, but there will be teams that want to sign him. Same thing to go with Josh McCown. I think he's going to be retired. Um, I don't think anybody's going to sign that guy. There, there's guys out there that have these games under the belt. So many starters from years past are a free agent right now, and none of them are really moving right now. And I think it, it all comes down to seeing what happens with Tony Romo. Well, doesn't Where do you think Ka- Kaepernick's going to go? It, 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 it. Back up in tight with the Titans? Is he going to go to the Jets or are they? The, where, where is? Is anybody Jets want apparently Kaepernick? don't want him, and it's a lot of people have been speculating why. And I will book. It's a lot of political yeah. sort of crisscross mismatch. Um, <laughs> so Chris I'm not really going to like mess with that one. But I'll give you I, one spot. I, I, I bet here's one that I can figure. If the Romo thing. Goes whichever any which way it goes, and Houston does not get Romo, you know, because they're basically selling out for it. Uh, if they don't get him, then then they become the the, the team that will take in everybody. Whether whether it be we'll take a look at Cutler, we'll take a look at, at Kaepernick. We'll go, they got a, a defense that's ready to win. 
So they're, you know, you, you do whatever you can at that point. But didn't they lose a lot of pieces, though, this offseason? I know that everyone just, loved their defense. They were awesome last much. year. That's it? Okay. Um, could Kaepernick go to – remember a couple of years ago there was flirting with the Broncos – uh, doing a trade with Kaepernick when they when they when it seemed yeah. like chipped in like him, could Kaepernick walk in on the Broncos and be their starter and and no one's you know gung ho and t- totally fired up about it. But if you get the Kaepernick of four or five years ago, is that an exciting? Is that a chance? Well, the only thing I'll say is uh, if if he does go there, then that also indicates to you how they feel about Paxton Lynch. Yeah, I think you've I got think a, you've, I think you got a similar player to Colin Kaepernick in Paxton Lynch, a guy who's inaccurate with his passes. They they like Simeon more just because he controls the offense. He can get it out to their playmaking. He's not going to lose you the game. He, he's not going to lose you the game. He can make smart. some plays. Like they they like him more than they like Paxton Lynch for those reasons. So I don't think they'd want to you know pay up Colin Kaepernick now, but. You think he's? I don't think he's going to be that much. Still going to no. be at least twelve to thirteen million. I, mean, I, I don't know at this point. Like these guys are going to have to start taking these five and a half million dollar prove it deals. Yeah, you know, for a sure. lot of them are. And then part of the deal for Kaepernick's like, hey buddy, get off your friggin' knees. He's like, you like the way I bring up that political sh- mumbo jumbo. He already said. <laughs> he already said he was done. He said he's done. He's made yeah. his point. What an idiot! I mean, I, I'm not gonna I, you do it. You do what you got to do. The only reason why I think he's an idiot is because he didn't vote. But by doing that last year, whatever he brought to the table is now totally biting him in the ass. <laughs> not a good, not a good year to do such a thing. You do that after you sign yeah. the big contract and after you have the guaranteed money. There you go. RG three anywhere? Anybody? Bueller. Bueller. There, there, there's a <laughs> lot of these young guys with some promise, like Geno Smith with RG three. I like Geno Smith. That I just don't know if they have landing spots right now. This is the, these are the guys who might actually end up places after the draft. So it's gonna be a long wait. Can I say one thing? I want, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I want the Bears to sign Johnny Football. Move on. Let's go on to the next position. But I do. I want Johnny Football. You want Johnny Football? I did. First things first. Where's your shit at? <laughs> By the way, has anybody, have we ever, anybody on the show ever taken a dump while we've been recording? <laughs> no, I never have. here. You did. Well, yeah. not, have you? No. But while you, we've been recording a podcast, yeah. have you uh, That'd be, I'm that'd be hilarious. Like a one-on-one show with Mo, it's a pyro podcast. Like, dude, you gotta really run. I've, I've I got a dump. I thought about it when we've been doing it since Zencasters with multiple people. It's almost like, all right. Uh. Well, you gotta worry about it when you're. If you're ever calling me and I'm at home, there's a good chance that I, I, I if I'm on the on the crapper, I've got my phone with me. I'm answering the phone. You know, it's, it, you know, speaking of poos, I guess that's a perfect time to talk about all these free agent running backs that are out there. I like the free agent running back. No, the league is... <laughs> By the way, everyone, just so you know, about 50% of the time when Houdini comes over for a podcast, he does a poo right when he gets here before we record. It's like, hey, what's up, dude? Look, goes That's right like twice. To, goes right to the... Five, not 50%, 25%. I go right, you go right to the kid, I'm like, dude, can you do it at home before you come? <laughs> I, and you know what the answer for that was I probably did and there was just a little bit that, that was lingering the heck oh. no, it's more like Panera the line was too long someone was in there I'm not going into Panera <laughs> that was probably the worst segue ever into the, the it was a pretty it was a pretty segue <laughs> uh, well here I'll give you a better one I've got a turtle head poking in 
All right, so and anyway, so we, we got guys like uh, Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, and Latavius Murray, even like Eric Blunt. We got these guys who are kind of like all circling around the same couple teams, and Seattle was one of them that they're all going to. Seattle did their thing with uh, Eddie Lacy, but it's like the, the league's kind of quiet because they know how kind of probably badass this running back class is. And they want to see, hey, how cheap can we get a, you know, a timeshare running back for? These guys used to be starters, but we don't want to pay them starter money anymore. That's it. Collectively, they have joined forces and been like, let's drive down the market value by just sitting back. Because the the, every day that goes by, these guys are getting less money. And we already know the running back is the, the least respected pay-wise position in sports. Uh, especially Adrian Peterson was like the one... The one shining, different example of, of that, and now look at him. Nobody wants him. He's going to go from getting what he did to like getting a $3 million deal next season. Yeah, I mean, you've also got to think, people in draft circles are still out there projecting running backs highly in the draft. But if you're a team like, say, the Carolina Panthers, you've got the eighth pick overall. Why am I going to sit here and select Leonard Fournette when I could just pay Latavius Murray, you know, fifteen million dollars for three years. No so doubt. so these guys are these guys all need to be coming down in the draft to where we thought these guys were gonna be in great spots, maybe, maybe not so much. But hey, if, if they start falling to the end of the first round, you know what usually happens, they end up in better offenses. Yeah. That's usually better for, you know, fantasy purposes, so not necessarily a bad thing. But, you know, thinking about Leonard Fournette going to a team that's just gonna give him three hundred or you know, some nominal huge number of touches just seems outlandish, especially when you can just sign Latavius Murray for three years, $15 million, $18 million with half of that guaranteed. Or you can go out there and get both Adrian Peterson and Jamal Charles for probably under $10 million next year. Right. See, and it's getting to that price range, too, for... I'm just going to use the example Latavius Murray. Um, The price is going to get so low... That I wouldn't be surprised if some of these teams that lit their players' wall kind of be like, I'm just going to sign you back because I can afford that. I'll throw you back in this mix with DeAndre Washington, Jalen Richard, and because he's comfortable there. And if Latavius had the choice, he'd probably stick to the team he's familiar with. I think that's, I, to be honest, I think if, if something doesn't happen quickly, I think Adrian Peterson is going to be back on the Vikings, and they're just going to be able to just totally cut his salary down. And you guys know I'm an AP pole smoker, but. Why wouldn't you what if, like for peanuts, why wouldn't you what if, if the guy comes back and he's awesome and he's got an opportunity and he plays off, why wouldn't you what if? It's not like it's different. You're not, you're, you're out of that huge contract. I don't, just don't understand why a team's not going and signing this guy. Even eat the money, even if he does get injured again, you're like, it's not that big of a deal. But if he's freaking resurgent and he's AP of old, which he's well, this unhuman, you, you've done the greatest service of all time. If, if I know a, it's an obvious statement, but what, what do you got? If AP were to go back, now, number one, where are the hurt feelings uh, amongst the, the, the team and the, and him? If that's able to get met, because here's the thing. you Maybe you get off and you're paying him like, some, some dirt cheap amount, but you want to know what? When I watch their offense next year, they're still going to be giving him the ball 26, 27 times a game until the wheels fall off. 
But what I'm not even saying, what if on any team in the NFL, why wouldn't you want to just like, for what you're going to have to pay? Stags, I know he's, he's old as dirt. Because you get to Smith in Arizona. 30, right? 32. He's 32. You get Emmett like, Smith in Arizona. He, he could be just done. Like, there's the fact that if you sign him to be your starting running back, he is done. And he rushes for 3.5 yards a carry and destroys your entire rushing attack because you hinged it all on Adrian Peterson. What do you got? I don't think he's done. I'm, I, in, in There's a chance. Well, I, oh, of course there is. Oh, this is hilarious. I like the way we're working on this uh, Google Docs and I'm seeing movement. So you're moving down your... your, your I'm like, why is, okay, so is there somebody VPNing into my computer right now? Why is, there, why is my... Shit moving. D-Rex like, just learned about Google Docs today, guys. No, I know it. I know it. I, just, I know it. I use paper. I use Google Docs, but you're, you know, it's weird. You'll see right paper. now, I'm highlighted on a guy. Tim Hightower, it's the same case. Why would New Orleans not bring him back in to siphon these carries from Mark Ingram and make all Mark Ingram lovers like myself mad? Why wouldn't they? You know what I mean? He's been they effective. Will. He's been productive. And he can't come at a high price for a 30-year-old running back. They he's, will. He's, he's done soon as... Where's Blount going? I don't know. Like, besides New England, how many teams do you think want to pay for him? Like, and even he got paid one million dollars last year on the New England Patriots. Is that true? Yes. Like, where do you Are think? Are you kidding me? One million. Where do you think he? <laughs> one million dollars. Like, he's going to be sitting out there for a while because he's, he he's waiting for money. He thinks he's going to get a lot more than he's actually going to get. He's going to probably. I don't know what he thinks he's going to get. You remember how that well that worked for him when he did it last time? He went signed with the Steelers. Yeah. He got a little bit of money. Jumped in a Lambo with with fucking with, with Bell, yeah. and he's back. He's crawling back to Belichick for I guess one million dollars. That's the best deal of all time. So I, I guess before the whole Rex Burkhead signed, the only thing that like uh, Blunt's landing spot was would be was New England. Everyone thought he would just go back there, but this changes things. I mean, are they going to keep seven running backs? I think they have. Um, <laughs> I think, they, gone I think he's gone. They're gone. They're like you know what. I, I can still see him just, hey, you want another million bucks? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the Patriots. They always seem he's to make like, these he's... little smart moves. And, you know, they'll find a role for Rex Burkhead even if, I mean, maybe they don't want to give LeGarrette Blunt 250, you know, carries again, which is fine. They can give him 150 carries, give him the goal line work, and, you know, that's good for them. And then Rex Burkhead mixes in for 75, and Deion Lewis... You know, get some more carries, and they just mix all their backs into a fucking crockpot that you're not going to want to play in fantasy football. Well, there's something I read that was like, you know, maybe uh, Rex is, is is Bolden's replacement, and then, you know what? He's more of a special teams, a, a hustler, a guy that might be able to get some carry if things go wrong, and, and they need him. And, and I, I thought that was interesting, but also the article that I read was just the way that the Patriots have done this year in and year out. They basically let, they did it with Hightower. They let these players go out, test the free market, see what you're going to get, see what you're going to do, and then they go out there and they're like, yeah, it's pretty good, but fuck's sake, I couldn't be in the Super Bowl again. And then they come back and they're like, all right, I've tested the waters, here's what it, it goes. And then the Patriots are able to come in and give you a, a pretty solid offer. But, you know, 70, do- 70 cents in the dollar, and they're like, I'm in. Because I'm going to be in, in, the, in, the, in the hunt for a Super Bowl pretty much, obviously, every year. I'm going to be at least in the AFC Championship. Well, remember, if you win the Super Bowl, you get like an extra 100K. 
So there's that. <laughs> yeah. You got that going for you. Yeah, it's a good um, bonus. But, but just all these guys, like, I can see them bringing back Blunt, and then, yeah, maybe uh, Burkhead is that Bolden replacement, which is something I'm not ruling out at all. Like, I don't think Rex Burkhead... There's a lot of people out there that fucking love Rex Burkhead. I don't know how it happened, but they yeah, fucking he, love this motherfucker. Because he played pretty freaking well when Hill was hurt, and obviously uh, Neo Geo was out. He, he, he had some good he had some good game in he fantasy. really and, well in Nebraska as well. And the, those mass holes you mentioned earlier, remember how much they loved Danny Woodhead? They liked these little white fucking go-getters, and they just... Danny Woodhead and Rex Burkhead are like... Polar opposites as players. That's fine. That's fine. They he'll like wear, he'll wear Woodhead's number, though. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the truth is, Belichick knows how to get the most out of a player, so that's what it boils down to. Let's go on to Jack Quiz in your face. I like it. Uh, is any one thing that is there any word on has Muscle Hamster been cut out? Is he no. on drugs yeah. right now? Is he doing good? What's going on? I think Tampa Bay's really close to probably screwing Doug Martin. Here. I think they're going to hold on to him as long as they can, and then once they realize how the draft falls and everything, just like dump him. That's too late for any kind of market. Then he's stuck with his suspension, and then he's just like, we'll forget about Doug Martin all next year. I don't want it to happen. I want to see him thrive in Tampa Bay, but they have like the the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have like this this spot on him right now where he can't do anything about it. He he fucked up. You know what I mean? And so they're like, okay, no, we're still going to rely on you. You know why they're saying that? Because just in case everything, all the cards don't fall their way, they'd be like, see, Doug, we supported you the whole way. Can't wait to have you back. There's great, there's a great Radiohead song. It's called You Did It to Yourself. And I like Dougie. I like Muscle Hamster or Doug or not, whatever he wants to be called. But he did it to himself, and he fucked up. So... He had what? And his contract wasn't even big. He, it was sixteen million, four years, sixteen million, right? Uh, I think sixteen million guaranteed, but his guarantee okay. disappeared. Uh, with Once that, he got suspended. Yeah, but I think they've had to cut him for his guarantee to disappear. All right. So I think they're a team that's waiting to see what can happen in the draft. See if they get their guy. And if they get their guy, they cut him. And if they mm-hmm. don't, you know, if they don't, it's like, hey, Doug, come back. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jaquiz Rogers showed when given touches, this guy can perform. So whether he's the second back in this committee or he's the third back, you know he's going to be able to step in and provide you know reasonable production. I don't know if for fantasy purposes I'm going to go out there, but he, let's remember even with Martin, even if he does come back out the first three games of the season, still serving that four-game suspension, served one at the end of last year, uh, so. That's it. that's an interesting aspect well, of the, it. The only, thing about, the only thing about Quiz, though, is that Quiz is not a guy that you're going to hand the ball to as your number one back. So, you know, he they did for a while. No, be, be, exactly. Yeah. That, this is what this is how he's always made his head because he's he's not that first guy out the door. But when, it, when the guy ahead of him goes down and you need a guy to call on for two three weeks, he's a great spark plug for that period of time. He just doesn't have the ability to, to withstand the entire. Full season of being the, a, a number one workload guy, and if you even go back all the way from the time when he was in Atlanta uh, to the time when he was, in, he was in Chicago, he really wasn't even the number two back. He was basically the number three back in those offenses, and it wasn't until the other guys went down. And it seems like he's always competing with Bobby Rainey. 
<laughs> in those spot moments last year, he looked better and was doing better fantasy-wise than ever. I, obviously, I understand. Maybe he's a great in a deep league best ball format. If you got great nothing, if you got nothing else on the, that you can go to, that might be a good kind of player with the current situation. We'll see. What, I agree with Stags. They're they're going to grab something. They're going to get a guy they like in the draft. Um, they need to because. Their only their only bad situation right now is the running back. Situation. But they also love Charles Sims, who was never healthy last year. Mm-hmm. So we've got to account for him. Uh, but let's talk about some other backfield mates. Let's talk about Shreddy Lacey. Let's talk about Feast Mode. <laughs> let's talk about. I love that name. Let's talk about Beast of the East going to, you know, fucking the fat part of the country where he could just eat Skittles all day and they have lots of Chinese food, which yeah. is apparently his favorite part of. Yeah, he likes know. Chinatown. They, and they got good they got good Chinese food up there. So it's like, Lacey. oh, I, I can't wait for China food. He doesn't even call it Chinese food. <laughs> Hilarious. And the, I mean, think about it. Is there a better situation? If someone came, gave me a job and was like, you know what? We're going to need you to smoke a lot of weed in this job. We're going to need you to be doing a lot of weed and keeping up on your weed game. I'd be like, okay, it's going to be sweet. They want him big. They want him eating. They want him like to be thick and fired up. God bless. This is the perfect situation. Obviously, they don't want him to be a fat ass. They want him to work hard. But they want him to play heavy. I mean, that's Carol's like, we want him big. We want this guy to be at the 240 and, and a beast. That's where he's at his best. So I, I still don't know the last time he was at 240. Like, but, this, but you you been reading that shit. It's like yeah, they're not like they're like hey we're we're bringing him in and we're gonna make him not be himself. They're basically like let's be himself. We have faith, and it just shows you like how badly they've missed uh, Beast Mode and how badly Houdini's missed uh, <laughs> Valverde. No problem. My father would womanize. He would drink. He would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. <laughs> See, even better Freddie Lacey, you know, with Freddie, also- Freddie Lacey? I like Freddie Lacey. <laughs> Did I say Freddie? No, I'm pretty sure Freddie. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Shreddy Lacey, um, <laughs> not only is he being given the opportunity to kind of not be on a diet, sure, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to have him kind of slim down slightly, you know, get in shape, but they're not like monitoring and putting him on a rigid diet or anything like that. The, 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 the most important thing for him is the fact that they're paying him five and a half million dollars. They're, they're paying him to almost be like a starter there in Seattle. I have a feeling he's going to be that early down back and maybe sharing some carries with Thomas Rawls and Precise will get swung in there on third downs. But Eddie Lacy is going to be a factor right away for Seattle. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That one-year deal's got—he's got a lot to prove. You know, at his age, he's still young, and if he goes out there and prove it, he can still get a big contract after this. Uh, you know, pretty much half of his deal is guaranteed. So we'll see him working. He'll get to that 240 mark. I don't care what his fucking weight is right now. Uh, we've seen guys big and be successful, and he's also been very good at his size most of the time. He's, his career yards per carry average is over the league average. He scores touchdowns. He can catch the ball. He can sort of do it all for a big guy, so I don't care. But he just needs a good volume of touches, and he needs that sort of touchdown role that disappeared because that's what really happened in 2015. 
the touchdowns just disappeared. They didn't give them to him anymore. And then suddenly it was like, oh, Eddie Lacy's sort of worthless. And he what, basically had the same scoring output as James Starks. Uh, I don't think that's likely to happen again. There's lots of different things sort of going into it. Um, just, I think this is he's going to be the lead back, you know, with CJ Prosize being that third down back and change of pace back. Thomas Rawls is the guy most affected. Um, he gets pushed to the back of the line, and they're making some small improvements with their low O line. Overall, this is a team that wants to rededicate itself to the run. And that's what is the most important factor for me. All right, so here, here's my question. So talking about like a player comparison when we talk about for, for Eddie Lacy, I want to know and I want to compare it to old New York Giant running backs. Is Eddie Lacy Brandon Jacobs or is he Ron Dane? Oh, Ron Dane. <sighs> Jacobs was a beast. He was like 6'3". But I'm talking about like, how they played. Like... Dane, Dane for me too. Sure, you're, you're going all the way on the East Coast there, but you can even think about how he plays there in Seattle. He runs angry like Marshawn ran. He ran angry like we've seen Rawls run. Like Pete Carroll loves his big guys who just want to beat people up, and I think that's gonna be like a lot, a lot of fun to watch. What about who's the guy that won MVP for them? Alexander, Sean Alexander, Sean Alexander. Maybe maybe he's a, maybe he's a little bit like that. Here's the one thing I think that's Alabama going running back as well. I believe, right? Ooh, I don't think so. Yeah, he was Alabama. Was he? Yeah, or Arkansas. Yeah, he was Alabama. I think it was Alabama. That's the one that's got the numbers on the side of the yeah. head. Yeah, he was Alabama. Um, here's the one. Here's the one thing I think in general. First off, do you guys hate those videos right now that come out with, with the free agent signings where they get handed the ball, uh, they get handed the ball on one team, and then they segue to getting caught on a di- being a different player? Have you guys seen those? Only when Tom Brady's throwing it to a New York Jet. Just... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's like these videos where you see uh, all of a sudden it's like, whatever. Um, I haven't seen these. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> they're bad. Um Anyway, let's uh, let's talk quickly about any of these other guys. Or can we Just look? Danny Woodhead. Woodhead's loving being being back with his his, his buddy, uh, um, who's the uh, uh, who's the safety that I love, Eric Weddle. Yeah, him and Weddle. Those guys are bro having a bromance, bringing it back. Um, they're an odd, they're an odd pair. But he got. Can you believe that fucking Danny Woodhead got the most goddamn money of all the true running backs right now? Like, he's got the most guaranteed money. He's got the most... And this guy, but doesn't he have the longest? He's got the longest signing, yeah, too. Yeah, and he's the one coming off an ACL injury. And yeah. he's the oldest. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's... Let's, let's, let's talk about one last guy, a fantasy-relevant dude for last 10 years. Obviously, issues and injury galore, but Jamal Charles... And then we'll move on to the wide receivers. What? Do you, what? Do you, what? Do you, it, I think Jamal ends he, up. Is he done? No. No, no, no way. No way. <laughs> I think he's more done than Adrian Peterson. I think he's less done than Adrian Peterson. That's uh, a good personally. conversation. Well, more I, or less. I, I, I'm going to agree with with Wazir that it's, that he's less done because I think Adrian Peterson has a harder time taking a secondary role in an offense where I think Jamal would probably be more willing to be personality. That I got you. That makes and sense. I also think Jamal can do more things. Yeah, that too. So, you know, Jamal, I, I agree with both those statements. So I just think that's going to fit in better. But I mean, Jamal Charles. I want to see him go to the Giants. 
Uh, we haven't seen enough out of Paul Perkins yet. This is a high-powered offense uh, that can do a lot of different things. Um, and, you know, they'll run the hurry up. They'll throw to the running backs. Uh, they'll let him run as maybe the lead back with, with a change of pace back in Perkins and Vereen. But he could, you know, be very good in a system like that. And I don't I don't think it'd be a bad sort of fit. So that's the one I, I see as the best fit. So let me, let me get two points I want to say about that. One, um, uh, one on the fit. If you're – I agree with you that it's a good fit. And the other thing that I would tell you is if you're a Paul Perkins fan, you should not be dissuaded. I think that you would actually be happier if they bring in a Jamal Charles versus going and grabbing somebody in the draft because I'd rather have that older guy who's not really a threat for my longevity than if they're going to bring in young legs in a competition for that backfield position. But another place that I think is an interesting fit uh, where he could go, and again, what always happens with a lot of these guys that have been a stalwart for one team for a long period of time. Division rival. Division rival. Look for Oakland. Look for Oakland with Latavius Murray gone. Jamal may have to take a very uh, a contract, uh, uh, what do you call it, incentive-laden contract. So, you know, maybe the Raiders are, are, are always a team that like to, to sign the older guys and they love speed. Yeah, I, I don't know about that, though, just because they'd all be very similar runners. Jalen Richard mm-hmm. and DeAndre, Hawk, uh, DeAndre Washington, they're all sort of home run or bust type runners. I don't know if you could sustain an offense with three guys that do exactly the same things. But it'd be an interesting fit because that O-line is fucking awesome. Yeah. Before uh, Waz gets his last running back in and we move over to wide receiver, first thing I want to do is say, take a little time out and take hear a, a sponsor from our sponsor. A sponsor from our sponsor. <laughs> I got a crap on deck that can choke a donkey. You guys stole it from me. You can't do two at once. Nah, hey. It's all right. We know you'll find a way to get the uh, sound bites out in the last ten minutes. I'll get them back. Um, okay, you know, give, us, give us your last hour. First of all, I apologize. He kept telling me, no, no, no. But I'm like, I want to open my beer. Because you could have gone right after. Oh, uh, yeah, That's I guess so. All right, you know. Jamal Charles will not be will be our last running back, but if we can talk about one more guy that was paid like a running back but isn't truly a running back, it's Kyle Juszczyk. That guy got paid by the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, four years, $21 million. They view him as a very versatile f- uh, fullback like we've seen that, uh, in Baltimore. The guy can catch passes. The guy can uh, work at the goal line. He's going to be a great complement to Carlos Hyde. Those 49ers are redoing the whole offense there, and it's going to be fun to watch, especially with him plowing the way. Can you say Lynch uh, coming from Tampa Bay in the All-Star era? He's like, this is my All-Star. All right, we're moving on to the wide receivers. Lynch, hold on, I got more on this. Because Lynch, you know, you were real excited about him. <laughs> he sounded like a real dumbass. I'm talking about Kyle Eichick. What did he say? He's basically, we, we diagnosed the market very early, and we knew that he had to be the highest paid fullback, and we were willing to make him the highest paid fullback. Of and, all time. And we, and we knew, we knew that we could go out and just bid everybody up. Because this is a guy we had to have. I was like... Okay. <laughs> As the bill signed DeMarco for four years, eight and a half million. You know, so I mean, they could have done 
a little less than 20, 21 million. <laughs> I mean, this, this is a guy they expect to be an uh, H-back for them. He, they also expect him to be uh, a running back for them. Because he played 250 snaps as the lone back uh, in Baltimore last season. So they expect him to do a lot of different things. When you walk into the stadium for opening day, there's going to be a huge banner of Kyle Juszczyk as you walk through the yeah. front gates. Yeah. He's going to be a fan favorite. He's a poster there, child now for, for this sure. team. Here's the honest truth. Lynch, spend as much fucking money on Jed Yorks as possible, buddy. Go get him. Go get him. <laughs> That's an interesting strategy. Bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. Wide receivers, Alshon. Sounded to me like the NFL was wise to this loafer. Give him money, and he ain't, he's gonna he's gonna go and start eating uh, thin mint Girl Scout cookies. Uh, bet on himself again a second year in a row um, for a one year deal. Well, he had to. He, he the Bears the Bears he were, turned down a multi-year deal from the Vikings and the Bears because he wanted bigger money because because he believes that he should be paid like the guys who just got the contracts before Des Bryant and uh, uh, Demarius when they were getting these seventy million dollar deals so what He's he has to, what he has to prove is he has to prove that he can stay on the field for sixteen games and be a productive player throughout the entire year. Now, if he does that, will that turn into him getting paid next year? Well, you're betting on yourself. If, if I'm going to look at, at history and I'm going to say what the reality is, you know, probably not a wise idea. Here's what I think. I don't know what he turned down. Maybe you guys do. But if he has a banner year this year and it's awesome. And he plays all 16 games, does his thing, he's top wide receiver, top 10-ish guy. Next year he gets a... Deshaun Jackson-esque contract. He's not getting a Des Bryant-esque contract. No, people are more of a T.Y. Hilton contract. Think the so? five for I 50. I still think people are a little 60. bit tepid. and I think people know. These, these, these scouts know guys that like to drink, that don't like to work, that don't love the game. They know the shit. And I'm telling you, I know that I, I, I'm not saying it's... They know that about Alshon. I'm telling you, just his fluctuation, the way he's, he's, he's tissues. I don't know. I just yeah. think the NFL kind of knows that Alshon's not a guy. He's not a gym rat, and I, I so think that not that's a gym rat goes out there and what puts up 80 yards a game. I'm, I'm, saying, hey, I'm not saying he's not an amazing football player. I'm saying imagine what he could do if he yeah, put his sure. mind to it. And he had his God-given ability. Well, here's here's the other interesting side of the, of the whole coin. So, what else does this do? What, you know, look at how Philadelphia was able to, to to bring him in because I don't think Philadelphia had a ton of cap space, if I'm mistaken. So, um, they had they were they were able to be creative to get Alshon in there. Do you have uh, a player in Carson Wentz who you are now saying is your franchise quarterback? Who we all can agree he had absolutely nothing to throw the ball to last year. So now you're going to bring him, give him Alshon Jeffrey, you're going to give him a legitimate number one who is proving that he can be a legitimate number one. So he is on a prove-it deal that's great for the young player. Then you also give him a, a veteran speedster downfield player in Torrey Smith. And now you're, not, now you're putting Jordan Matthews potentially in a place where he doesn't necessarily have to be 
that guy that everyone was trying to make him be. Torrey Smith blows. I, I, I listen, I, but Torrey Smith is good for if you need because Alshon's not a stretch the defense type of a, of a okay. receiver. So you got to have some, that dimension into the offense. So now what they're, what they're finally look, and I look at it from a Carson Wentz standpoint where it's just I just, I like it because look he got a year under his belt where he could kind of you know learn the whole system, feel comfortable in it, get used to game speed, but. Honestly, they were they were not letting him do that much in the offense. They're going to open it up for him in his second year. Well, they're also trying to keep it easy for Carson Wentz last year. It's just like, hey, just sling it. We don't, you know, we want to see what you can do. At the same time, I think, you know, Wentz had a really good start to the year, but I think his mechanics will still continue to cause him issues and the the whole timing issues and the concentration. Uh, you know, everyone's calling the concentration drops that Jordan Matthews had. Everything really starts with Carson Wentz, and I think. Torrey Smith is going to have a hard time catching the deep ball from in the timing there, and Elshon is probably going to get frustrated himself. I think I, I, I love Elshon there for J- Jordan Matthews' purposes. I think Jordan Matthews is going to have a great year because of the people that are flanking him outside now. Okay. You, you don't have to worry about Doyle Green, Beckham anymore, Nelson, you know Aguilar. It's just, it was just gross for a while, and <laughs> like you said, so Jordan Matthews was receiving this volume of targets, which I, I love to see him have. But he needs that that weight and that pressure off of him as well. Um, I think Elshon can have a good year, but there's there's something uh, something everyone's gonna get real hyped about Philadelphia, and I think it's, it's it could be poison, you know, and everything could kind of fall apart. We've seen Philadelphia just kind of fall apart before when everything looked nice. Totally agree. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll totally see, totally we'll agree. see what happens. Well, well, let's, mean, let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on. Okay. Let's move on to. Uh, Terrell Pryor, let's let's bust through a bunch of guys pretty quickly, and there's not too much to talk about a tight end. Let me start on Terrell Pryor. You know what I really yeah. like of the fact? I actually heard this yesterday from Anthony Pinzone uh, from the Fantasy Authority podcast yesterday. He mentioned something yesterday that I didn't quite think about before. I think Terrell Pryor signed a one-year deal just because he was probably sure that Kirk Cousins won't be there next year as well. So that's a really neat angle to look at it from. I never considered that, but it makes perfect sense. There's a good chance Kirk's gone next year. You know, we were talking about that earlier in the show. So Terrell Pryor's probably like, I'm not going to deal with, you know, a jag. You know, your, your Kirk Cousins is leaving. I'm, I'm, I'm going to test the market. So I like that's my take on it. Yeah, that. his market dried up pretty quick after Cleveland, you know, didn't want to pay him more than they were sort of offering Kenny Britt. So it was, you know, do we pay Kenny Britt or do we pay Terrell Pryor? Uh, and, you know, uh, Terrell Pryor wouldn't make any concessions on what he wanted. He wanted, you know, eight, nine, ten million dollars a year. And then he's like, ah, oh, screw it. I'll just take a one-year incentive-laden deal, get out of there, you know, back in the market by the time I'm 28, which is, you know, by the time most receivers sign their first big contract, I'll still have some time. Um, so I think that's an interesting play. I really like the fit of Terrell Pryor because I think he could do a little bit of both. I think he could be the vertical stretch element that is Sean Jackson. And I also think he could be that possession-type receiver that was Pierre Garçon. Yep. So I, I like his ability to mix with this offense. We'll see what Josh Dotson can be because he's also a guy who can be a possession receiver and a vertical element down the field, field stretcher, with his ability to go up and get it. So I think that there are two very similar receivers on the outside. Uh, I actually like the makings of this offense should Josh, Josh Dotson be healthy. That's just a major cog after you know playing just a handful of snaps in, in the first year. So that's something that we need to see for Kirk Cousins. 
for him to continue to ascend, or else he's going to be a back-end QB1 because of the weapons around him. Yeah, I, I just want to make a quick uh, point about why he got paid what he did, why he had to take what he did, because he's only done it for one year. You know, so he this is a prove-it league, and, and at this point in time, with, with his age of being 27 years old, yeah, take the one-year deal, take the prove-it, take it on a team with a quarterback who's also trying to get a better deal and to go somewhere else, on a team where they have, go ahead. Mini Valverde's. My mother was a 15-year-old French prostitute named Chloe with webbed feet. And so he goes to a team in Washington where also you, you don't have a, a Pierre Garçon and a Deshaun Jackson there. So now he de facto comes into, like he was in Cleveland, who's going to get a good lion's share of targets while he's there because with his ability, Kirk Cousins is going gonna, is gonna to look for him because they each need to stack their numbers to have as much on the bargaining table for next year. So I agree. I think it's a good play all around. I, I definitely think that Josh Doxson's a guy who was uh, kind of highly regarded after the, during the draft last year and then, and then with the, his injuries and stuff fell off the table. But he's definitely a, a player that I think everyone should be paying attention to now, especially since all these other guys have been cleared out. And that you don't have any long-term people signed there to stand in his way. Terrell, an elite athlete, a gym rat, a guy that's betting on himself. I like him betting on himself a lot more than I like the guy we talked about previously. Let's go to Deshaun Jackson. Um, guy keeps on making it happen. Uh, is he? Let's quickly talk about what he brings to the table for Evans. For himself and for um, you know Jameis. Hey, last show we had our uh, the fantasy football award show, right? And Deshaun Jackson was like, "Catch me outside, how about that?" <laughs> I, you guys remember? And Stags was like, "Deshaun Jackson is gonna get his," you know, and, and he did. And it could have been a more perfect situation. I think everyone right. has been touting the fact that okay, it's Mike Evans got all this all this market share, and then like Cameron Brake got super relevant, and Adam Humphreys was had the second most targets in Tampa. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be like that, you know? Deshaun Jackson is going to be the perfect fit there. I think it will affect Mike Evans. If people think it's like, oh, it's going to be good for him. Maybe, but probably not because I have a feeling Deshaun Jackson is going to hit it off so well right out the gate with Jameis Winston that they're going to be going there a little bit more often than people would expect. I agree. I, I think everything's going to be pretty good there because I think there's going to be running back issues. I like Humphreys a lot as a result of this signing. I think that Evans will come back down a little bit in the targets. I think Deshaun will do Deshaun. He does what he does. But I like I like a Humphreys and what this brings to the table for him underneath. Yeah, but the thing that I, I agree where you have to worry about with Evans is all those plays last year where he's being the deep target down the field, those are going to be going to Deshaun now. No. And, and you watch you watch him more than anybody. So I, I trust him. And, whenever, and I watch whenever, Tampa, Tampa Bay. When I'm talking Winston, I know you. you the you, beautiful you thing is this, is that you can run them on opposite ends of the field and you can still use Mike Evans to draw a safety over and have Deshaun Jackson burden somebody on one-on-one -on -one coverage going the other way. And Winston is a, a player who we know loves to look for that deep pass. Jackson is, is what, the most prolific since he's come into the league, has caught more 50-yard passes and 50-yard touchdown passes than any other player, and it's like by a wide margin. It's like 12 60-yard so, touchdowns. So, you know, obviously for me as a Jameis guy, I'm going, I'm loving this. This is this. He will get his, and he's going to get his a lot in Tampa Bay. I sort of disagree on some some factors. Okay. I think Evans, you know, his target share is going to come down. 
Uh, I, I don't think he sees as many targets. I, I think his red zone targets will be fine, though. But, but the targets that he should see should be a little better, a little more accurate. I, I don't see Deshaun getting a ton of targets. Like, he's going to get 100 targets, maybe, 120 tops. And then, you know, Cameron Brate's still probably their preferred guy in the red zone. Um, but Adam Humphreys, I don't really see much of a you know role for him. They're going to run a lot of two tight end sets. And this is also a team we've got to remember. They had a philosophical change in the middle of last season when they stopped going out and trying to run no huddle and throw the ball. They Who's said, their second tight end? Uh, they're, they're planning on drafting somebody. But they said during the year they ran a, a lot of Brandon Myers and different blocking type guys because they committed to the run game. And they started running it 60% of the time and slowing the offense down. And that hurt Mike Evans. So Mike Evans could be in for a, you know, simple. Don't you agree that they're not going to do that? The running game is going is, is to kind of be, it's going to go the opposite way. They're no. going to start. You think they're still doing the running back, the running game? Yes, because that's when they played better. Let's, let's remember, they were like 1-5. One in, so you think they're seven. definitely drafting a running back? I, I don't say that. No, I mean, I, here's, yeah, here's, they, look, with look, the weapons even, they have even, even, in the well, backfield, it seems even, like Even at the end of the year when it was Charles situation. Sims, they were trying to run the ball a lot. They ran it 60, look, like 60, no, no, 58 no, 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 no. percent of the time. Because they, they were in the hunt for, for these games. And part of the reason for that, I think, was that Teams were loading up, and, and, and you know, Winston as the younger quarterback was still just targeting. He was targeting a lot of times. No, but I'm telling you, he just they either Bray, Bray, Bray he's either looking at Brayton or he's looking they at Evans, and it was and it was that was it. So they needed to have more of that balance in the offense. They also wanted to take the ball out of Jameis's hands. Correct, because he was making a lot of mistakes early on. He had a, he had the four touchdown game or something to start the year, and then all of a sudden it just started to unravel. So I agree, but Deshaun gives that extra dimension that. Should help them, and Dirk kind of will want to play with his new toy. I think I think a guy like Deshaun and some of these deep threats, they are what they are. Whatever they've been, I feel like is what they're going to be. I don't think Deshaun's going to all of a sudden. I agree. I don't think he's going to be a target monger and be this stud. He's going to be what he's already been, and that's going to help the team. I think that's going to help Evans. I think it's to help a lot of players. But don't expect all of a sudden him to be some different, uh, you know, guy. Uh, let's go to. Let's, let's quickly roll through. Kenny Britt, who gives a crap about. Um, I'm happy he made some cash. Kenny, Ken, still, Kenny Britt is going to see like 140 targets. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I think I, you like him as a sleeper? I, I like him. I don't know if he's going to be a sleeper. No, I think a lot of people are already on board with Kenny Britt. And that's what makes me like some of the Corey Coleman a little bit more. Everyone's already on board uh, with Kenny Britt. They saw Corey Coleman a little bummed out hurt, broke his arm, never really came back since. But Corey Coleman is a ridiculous athlete. And don't don't sleep on Corey Coleman, though. Everyone's going to be on Kenny Brady. Well, that's why we got to blow through these guys. Yeah, he's one of our sleepers. Um, Kenny Wright, hopefully, can do something for us. Prove a deal. Prove a deal. Uh, we'll see. Pierre Garçon, I'm going to talk about him later. I really like the. I really like this. How about that deal he gets? So at 30 years That's the second one. I know. He's been. This guy's, this guy's, this guy's got a huge he's, career. Oh, my God. The guy can catch he, a he's over, I know. He's, well. over, he's overpaid. He's, his, his progression as a wide receiver. That deal is, is a little crazy. Go God for it. God bless him, though. He's got, you've he's you've always been not a fan, but this is a ridiculous deal. Co- but I like him. Coaches in the NFL are just so tight-assed. 
Like they they won't try anything new. They they just want their guys who know their system. Nothing else matters. This guy can help me teach my system. Like that might matter in basketball to where you know you need five guys to gel and play together. But getting a, a wide receiver who's played in your system before, like you could have paid Alshon Jeffrey the same money and been a better football team because of it. Because Alshon Jeffrey is a better football player than Pierre Garçon. No, but Alshon he, Jeffrey, if he wants to get paid, was I, not going to San Francisco. I I, I got to be honest. I, you know my thing. I, we don't need to go on Alshon there. I like a Garçon for this money over Alshon Jeffrey for this money any day of the week. You know, and Shanahan might need him. Overpaid. To, and to, I agree with you. So help his quarterback. If he's drafts one, he needs someone like Garçon. To teach, to help teach too, it's very important. It's going to be vital for his offense. I don't think he's slowed down. I think he's become a better. He can catch the ball now. He's better route runner. I think he's he's overpaid. There's no question about. Sure. It. I can't believe this guy's got it. But I think it's just because he knows his system. It's so stupid. I won't even bring him up when we go to sleeper. But I, I think what it is right now. Lynch. This is the first time he's been a wide receiver one. And so I like. Well, he had, he had those two up. years yeah, where Deshaun wasn't there. Well, uh, he, had, he, had one, he had one good year on Washington, last year he overperformed. Wasn't he the number one when he, uh, last year in Indianapolis? Yeah. Was he? Yeah. yeah he sucked. He's had, he's had a couple years where he's been the number one and hasn't been able to sort of put it together. Like, he doesn't elevate like the game for fantasy. fantasy. I like him for sure. fantasy, on, and we won't bring him up in the sleepers. I like him for fantasy on where he's going to get drafted, the opportunities he's going to have, overpaid. Sure. The Niners suck until they don't suck. In, uh, but in, he's got opportunity knocks. In fantasy, we don't have to pay his fucking contract. No. <laughs> we, we just get to reap the rewards of the 130 targets yes. that are likely to come his way because there's nobody else yeah, besides Jeremy Curley. He's got some touchdowns. He and I had a good season last year. If he had some touchdowns, he would have been right there in exactly. the top 25. I mean, we don't have to pay contracts. You just have to pay that 8th, ninth, or 10th round pick if you're lucky. And you're going to reap rewards. ROI is great on him. I let's agree. go. All right, let's. Uh, Brandon Marshall, love it, hate it, hate it. I love it. I love it. I love. I love, love it for one season. <laughs> <laughs> I love it for more for. Hated it. I love it more for Paul Perkins, and I love it more for Jamal Charles or whoever comes in with the running backs because having that extra depth, being able to move Sterling Shepard to be your number three wide receiver there. Yeah, that's so bummed. He's like, wow, oh, totally. Sign this guy. But I don't – do I like it for Brandon Marshall? No. You're going to have – Marshall needs to have his looks. ODB needs to have his do you, looks. Do you like it for uh, OBJ? OBJ? ODBJ. OBJ, I, you know what? He'll like it at first. <laughs> He'll like it at first, and then he, and then once he starts getting all the targets, and Brandon has one of those three catches for twenty-seven yard games, and starts yelling and screaming and going crazy. No, that's gonna. It's can gonna you be see nuts. these guys? I can just see on the sideline one game instead of kissing and, and proposing to a uh, a net. These guys are gonna be fucking knocking the crap out of each other. It's gonna be awesome. I disagree. I think these guys are going to have fun. I think they're going to enjoy this offense together. I think they're going to be winning games. And because of that, if, if Brandon Marshall's on a team that's winning games, he's happy. Brandon Marshall's never been on a team he's that's never going to the playoffs. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, let, let's talk about 2015 New York. I mean, he was having a blast. He was, he was sure. killing it. I think these guys will work very well together. I, I don't think this does anything good for Beckham. I don't think it's great for Marshall. I think it's great for the football team. I think they're going to... They're going to do very well together. I'm not willing to pay uh, Beckham as my, my wide receiver one or two, two anymore. You know, give me Julio over him now. But at, at the same time, I think they're going to have fun. They're going to ball out. It's going to bring him back to the roots. And Quick know. question. 
How about Eli? Now, does this move Eli up a lot because of, of that? Every, the coach said himself, the reason why we sucked last year is because of Eli. He literally said that in the last two weeks. He's like, uh, Eli's going to have to play better or else we're not going to be that great. This reminds me of what I said earlier about Carson Wentz, too. I was like, you have all these tools around him. You don't have, you know, probably a tight end yet. But at the same time, everything's going to look right, but it's going to come down to Eli Manning, and he's probably going to dick around with the football and just kind of do his thing and one-to-one touchdown-intercept ratio if we're lucky. And Oh, that's bad. That's really bad. <laughs> that's, really, that's, that's Carson Wentz last year. You know, but like I said, if they're winning games, they're having fun, but I don't think it's going to be because of Eli. Okay. I, I'm not moving him very far up. So, Marshall, over under 115 targets. Oh, I'll say... I'm saying. I'll say he'll go over 115 targets. I think it'll be I'm like going 125, under. 125, 130. Here's the X factor. Back. I think Shot. I think uh, Sterling's gonna be like, fuck this. You know what? He's a sick player. He's like, fuck this, and he's gonna be the he's gonna be the guy that's gonna have some shit happen for him. I'm going under. Well, let me ask you. The reason why I say Marshall's that, old. He's good. He's kept his body in touch. For unless the they bring, I want to see who else they're bringing at running back. Because if you're going to tell me that Paul Perkins and Shane Vereen are going to be able to handle uh, a, a combined between them 550 touches or whatever, I don't, I don't necessarily see that. Do we have a running count on how love, many times he mentioned Paul? Yeah, I was just about to say. I love the guy. I, I, I am a big fan. You're a big, a big fan. Big, like big fan. But I'm telling you right now, he's not a, a true number one guy that that you can count on to get. 25 touches a, a, a week. Hey, we know you like Here's the, Here's the thing with Eli. Eli always spreads the ball out to all positions. He always throws it to his running backs, you know, 18 to 21% of the time. He always throws it to his tight ends, you know, 21 to 24% of the times, even if they're fucking god-awful. So he will spread the ball around to each and everyone. So that just leaves these three wide receivers fighting for 300 targets, maybe. And that limits the Odell Beckham number one wide receiver next season upside. That limits Brandon Marshall being a, a top 12 receiver with Odell sort of upside. And, you know, three top 36 guys, that's also going to be tough with just, you know, 300, 320 targets between the three. I love it. Robert Woods, God, he made some money. Yeah, he made money, but man, Buffalo. Okay, Grant, we just had a recent move from Buffalo today, but yeah, Liddy, you're Buffalo guy. Go, you know, letting go of Robert Woods, like they never could utilize him properly. It seemed like, you know, they always went through the quarterback carousel. Robert Woods is an incredible wide receiver, and I think that's why Los Angeles they saw they're like, we're gonna, we want you for five years. Come join us. We will make a wide receiver out of you. As funny as that sounds for Jared Goff and company. But the Rams are are rebuilding, and they see a guy as Robert Woods to be someone that could do something like that. So uh, I think Robert Woods is going to do good in Los Angeles. All I know is the Rams are paying $83 million to Tavon Austin and Robert Woods. Yeah. Robert Woods, I just, don't, I just don't see it. I think Staggs likes to say it. Five for fifty. That that is if you if Tom Brady can do a TV and a twelve into one logo, the, the R and the W and the five and fifty into one logo would be perfect. Because that is just he is he is he is just that. And I think he's a good receiver, uh, but that seems like a lot of money. I'm I'm not I'm not worried. I'm not thinking too much of it. 
you know, killing two birds with one stone. I talked about who, who Buffalo let him go, and they actually Andre Holmes. They, yeah, they signed Andre Holmes, and you know what? They got just a guy yeah. who, who who could ball in Oakland a few times. It seemed like I mean, he looked like he could make plays, but they also got him for three years, four and a half million. So I mean, it was pennies on the dollar as opposed to Robert Woods. Well, and think about this from from a Woods Great. standpoint. What did Woods do? That's really better than anybody else. He's know? the best run blocking wide receiver in the league. And on a team that had the best running attack for the past two years. Here's, so, here's two things I'll also say. I think he probably has one of the top ten set of hands in the league. And I also say he's probably one of the top five route runners. You know what? But I don't necessarily have all that have much the body memory of the him speed making, or all these intangibles. Like Garcon, I can I can picture like seventeen different catches on the side. I cannot picture amazing Robert Woods' hands. Look, I think he's I'm a not, very competent I'm, I'm player. You. you want to know who? He, to me, he's he's uh, well, when he was with uh, the Bears and with uh, Seattle. Was it uh, Bobby Wade? Bobby. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was that, was that his name? Yeah. Or, or yeah. Yeah. So, a his, good his player, a very good player, but just nothing that... His deficiencies are offset by his uh, intangibles. Yeah, the thing with Robert Woods, he is 24 years old. Dude is young as shit. A lot of time yeah, right? to develop. That's the craziest part. He entered the league at 20. Really? He's also a USC guy, yep. and for a team moving into a new stadium next LA, year, yeah. you got that LA connection, so you can afford to pay up a little more for that USC That's connection. That I can't believe he's twenty-four. <laughs> um, he's also, I mean, wow. Robert Woods is good, but like I'd, I, I would love Robert Woods next year and say I'm, I'm pounding my fist for Robert Woods if he didn't have to play with Jared fucking Goff in yep. this passing offense that I don't know how successful they're going to be. Like, Jared Goff was simply atrocious, and now I need to see Sean McVay try and, you know, <laughs> miscast this guy. At least they now have a functional tackle in Andrew Whitworth, and that should really help them. So, I, I mean... I would love Robert Woods if he ended up somewhere else with a, you know, top tier NFL quarterback, but I've got some questions just because of the passer. All right. We're gonna talk about a couple more guys and then we're gonna move on because I want, I'm I'm more excited to talk about these must sleepers and busts. Ted Ginn? No. Uh, I think uh, I think Waz wants to talk about Cordero Patterson right now. Uh, and then let's do a little let's do a little uh, talk about the free agents. Let's let's try and knock out these. Let's try and be done with wide receivers in the next five minutes and breeze through tight ends, so that we can get a lot of good time on the breeze other side. through tight ends. Hey, shout out to Cordero Patterson for being able to leave Minnesota. First off, that is where offensive players go to die. You know, we've seen it happen so many times, and the Vikings can never properly utilize CPAT. Um, we saw the Chiefs were able to do it really well with Tyree Kill. Cordero Patterson is just as good as an athlete, and that dude can ball. You just have to put the ball in his hands. Don't just put him on kick returns. You know, lit, make plays around him. Don't expect him to be that wide receiver that you know that wide receiver one or two. Um, I think Oakland for a booming offense is a great place for him to be. Derek Carr, that he lobbied for him. He wanted CPAT there, and I think that that says good things about him. I think he's going to work really well with Crabtree. He's going to work really well with. Um, who was that other guy that everyone talks about in Oakland? Oh, Amari Cooper. No, here's the thing. I hope I hope 
they get the wide receivers more involved because I think Derek Carr really wants to throw the football a lot more. And it's, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. And I think CPAT surprises a lot of people this year. And here's the thing with CPAT. Even if he provides nothing on offense, he is an instant upgrade for their special teams. Oh, it's huge. And with a team with an explosive offense, an explosive special teams unit can just take you to another level. And it can make up for some of the deficiencies with their defense, whether they be in the pass rush that happened last season or whether they be in the pass sort of secondary in which coverage happened. I love the fit of Cordero Patterson with Oakland and Derek Carr because I think there's you know some routes that he really runs well. I think they match up well with Derek Carr. I also think he could be very good in the screen game. Uh, we, we've also seen Oakland use, what's the guy, Johnny Horton, Holton, uh, around on some uh, end arounds. <laughs> Who's the guy who was free on FanDuel for a week? Um, free space, zero dollars. Oh, come on. I'm sorry, man. We're gonna yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so, <laughs> they, they used him on the end around like fucking what uh, uh, Mark Trustman used to do all the goddamn time. So, I'm interested just to see. You know what different things they could do with Cordero. I think it's an interesting fit. Um, hitting up a couple other wide receivers. I love the fit of Ted Ginn in New Orleans. Now that Brandon Cooks has been traded, he has an instant deep ball credibility. Uh, he's going to provide you know uh, just that deep deep presence for a team with Michael Thomas, who necessarily isn't a deep threat, and neither is Willie Sneed. So I like. Ted Ginn, I still think in, in best ball leagues he's an interesting late round guy who's going to have some boomer bust games. But I also think Willie Sneed ascends a little bit Absolutely. and becomes more of the number two wide receiver with uh, you know Ginn becoming the wide receiver three gadget player. So I, I like Ginn, but I also like the prospects for Willie Sneed. For sure, I like Sneed. Christ, he's tiny. I'm a bigger chunks of corn in my crap. Hey, Houdini, can I open my beer yet? Go for it. Sweet. Valverde. Sometimes he would accuse chestnuts of being lazy. The sort of general malaise that only the genius possess and the insane lament. You know, jumping ahead... Uh, we already talked about Torrey Smith there in Philadelphia a little bit. Terrence William, kind of boring, but uh, you know he's going to be one of those guys that are going to win uh, a GPP just because he was, you know, on those GPP rosters last year. Because if he has those one big the, that one big game in Dallas, he's going to score such some touchdowns. He's going to get paid. They, they threw him another four years, seventeen mil. So I mean, that's that's the lightest contract ever. One thing I read about him when you compare him to Stills, who's obviously more explosive, but. The one thing that I read uh, or heard about Terrence Williams, never has missed a game. That's one thing. Never has missed a practice. Hmm. Huh? Show off. Good, it's good health. Yeah. Uh, he has perfect teeth. Four, no, four, that's fortitude. <laughs> a lot of these guys are like, yeah, I got food poisoning because I was in China. Chinese town. What is that? Chinese <laughs> well, Chinatown. China I just now. like eating China food. <laughs> I, was, I eat China food in, in this town. I can't make it today. China food in Chinese town. I, I just want to roll over to one more, uh, probably our last one that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Brandon LaFell, I'm a little disappointed to see the Cincinnati re-sign LaFell. Because if they didn't, 
I was gonna get excited about Tyler Boyd, but now I can't. And LaFell's still there. He's just gonna kind of take some targets and take some snaps. I agree. And I agree. It's kind of sucks. Whatever. LaFell's gonna be useful, especially if they yeah. don't add a wide receiver. Like Cincinnati's losing a lot, a lot of pieces this off season. It's gonna be interesting to see if they can make up for it in any way, and which way they go with their sort of first round draft pick. I think it would have been a perfect year just to get rid of LaFell. It, 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 it seemed right. At He's the time. going to be a good ADP value, though, where you can get super late in, in, in drafts, and he might be another one of those best ball yeah. dudes. Um, let's move on from the position. I, I really don't see any guys that are free agents that are really worth talking about, to be honest. <laughs> So let's. Uh, should we even talk about tight ends, or should we get yeah, to the let's, 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 let's cover it quick. We'll hit right. two of them. Okay, Martellus Bennett looks like Jared Cook played himself out of the situation. The hype on Bennett's gonna be unreal, by the way. Oh, when, I'm off. When, I'm yeah. off that train. Me when, too. When you see Bust. how Bennett did well with Tom Brady, now he's going over with Aaron Rodgers, and I think everyone's gonna be like, "We're gonna get even more," because now you know we don't have to worry about anyone else taking the targets. You know what I mean? You're gonna have Jordy Nelson. You're gonna have Devontae Adams. You're gonna Was have Bennett that awesome with Tom Brady, even. T- Ty Montgomery is still going to be taking wide receiver snaps as a running back. No doubt about it. That's good. Bennett, he's, he's, he's probably going to be a red zone guy every now and then, but I think he's going to be more situa- wish, uh, excuse me, more situational than people think. I would not invest the draft capital that I'm pretty sure he's going to go for in drafts for someone like Martellus Bennett. I'd rather wait on a guy like this huge tight end class that we have coming. I'd rather jump into one of those ready-made tight ends, and I'm just going to throw a name like O.J. Howard out there. You know, these guys are all going to go late. Don't pay for Bennett. There's guys out there that are going to get you a touchdown a week. Well, I'm, I'm not necessarily betting on the rookies just because it, for whatever reason it just seems for me like tight ends take a longer time to, to develop. I mean, I do remember I, I had I did have success one time drafting a rookie tight end, Jeremy Shockey, uh, but it doesn't always work out that way. But uh, there's plenty and of other options. Go but there's plenty of other it's options. It's gonna be good for a year this year. I'm telling you, uh, it very He's well could be. High, OJ. But, but, but the, the the position is is pretty much very, you know, similar once you're going all the way through as we as we discovered last year. But the difference for me is that. Why do you think that just because Martellus Bennett goes into this offense and all of a sudden it becomes a huge target? You're still going to have Jordy Nelson who's going to be there. You're still going to have all the other weapons that they have. So, does, Tom Adams. Yeah, does he all, he's, not the number, he's not the number two target in the offense. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because Aaron Rodgers I throws know. the ball a lot and he will always throw it to the tight end. Like he every year he throws it to the tight end, what, 90 to 110 times? That Richard Rodgers is a free agent. Jared Cook overplayed his hand. Uh, Martellus Bennett should get 100 targets easy. And if so, like he's, he's never coming off the field for this team. Like that should be. He's a much better blocker than Jared. Are you sold on Martellus Bennett? You, you like. You, he does. The fit's perfect. How about this? He gets to play against the Bears twice. Who uh, he used to play for? Who who was the the tight end that had three touchdowns against the Bears? Like each time he played him, it was like uh, uh, Johnny Holton. That's who. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, oh man, Jermichael Finley. Jermichael Finley. Yeah, like, every time that he would play the Bears, he would just light him up. It is the perfect fit. It's just not a guy I'm probably going to be able to afford. He's there's go. a reason why this guy yeah. gets moved every two years, and. I know it's the greatest fit ever, but is Martellus Bennett the kind of guy that is, is working his way up or down or the side, left or right to the field, east or west, while Aaron's keeping the play alive to get the ball? No, he's really not. He's kind of a, it's his play or it's not his play. Bad 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 Bad. 
Best pop of the night. Oh! Let me make you a deal, all right? You get the motor, you keep your money, and I'll get your baby. I would vote on Bennett as a, at the tight end position being, and I, if you love him, this, we're going to have a good time this offseason on this one. He would definitely be my biggest bus caller. He's going to be so overdrafted. You know what? I think Gotta see more. his price. So he's going, but it's going to be high. It's going to be top, high? top three, top four at the position. He's gonna no go. way, no way. He's drafted over Travis Kelsey, Tyler Eifert, Hunter Henry, any of those guys. Like, well, he's over Hunter Henry. Hunter sure. Henry might still. I agree hey, with the first two. Gates wasn't out of town. You have Eifert, Gronk, Reed, Gronk. That's Reed. four. Then he's five. He was he was number he could before be before the the. I, I haven't seen an updated one here, but before when he's he was five. still on New England, he was at number thirteen. So, how much can he really jump up? No, I think he's I think he's the fifth tight end drafted. Okay. Because of so you think he's the Kobe Fleener from this year? year. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, speaking of Kobe Fleener, you wouldn't rather have Eifert? Oh, I want Eifert. Eifert is better than. I'm saying the, all the four guys he said are going to get drafted, Gronk, but he's going to be Reed, Eifert. What about he's Olsen? Be, Olsen five. Yeah, five, that's six. it. Six. Okay. Yeah. So he's you've been, there. you're basically what about Olsen? So I'm sorry, my, my guy. Yeah. Basically, he thinks he's going to be the um, Kobe Fleener for this year. But it's going to be more than Fleener because he's in no. Even Kobe Fleener was the fifth tight end drafted. I got you. Year. I got you. But it's about even a better situation. How, how like, is it better than anything? You just said your your reasons why he's going to get 140 targets. So Kobe, the the same things happened for Kobe Fleener okay. last year, and it sucked for both. You guys, <laughs> you guys are going to argue the, the the cost of this tight end. But do you guys see the hype that Jack Doyle? Is actually uh, kind of brewing up there since now that Dwayne now, Allen's yeah. out of Indianapolis. I'll take a Doyle over a Martellus Bennett any day wow. of the week. Wow. I'm all right. Any day, day of the week. <laughs> I book it, book it, lock it. I do he not got paid this too. That motherfucker. Wallace does not condone this message. <laughs> <laughs> I'm they, they got. They got. They just had a couple of two O'Doyles. The O'Doyle hey. rules. <laughs> who, had, who had more fantasy points last year, O'Doyle or Martellus Bennett? Martellus Bennett. By how much? Um, Probably at least forty. Martellus Bennett had 113 fantasy points, good for uh, seventh at the position. Jack Doyle had 86. Forty. Yeah. Thirty something. What? What, how, what position? Thirteenth. Um, Let's do it. Let's bet. Oh, Doyle rules. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm sick of tight ends. I'm sick of this whole thing. Let's go to our segment two. Can I just talk about Doyle though? Yeah. I like the fit. I just don't know if he's gonna be better than Bennett. Like with with Dwayne Allen. Hey, I'm not saying he's gonna be better than Bennett, but Bennett's going high. That's what exactly what exactly. he said. Actually, no, <laughs> you literally like, said that. Like, Those like, words came out okay, of your mouth. That's fine. But oh, Doyle's not going high. Bennett's going high. Yeah, that's a fact. You know what? I think we need to all simmer down and let's hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back for segment two. Can I continue talking about Jack Doyle now? No. The wrestling match, we just had a wrestling match, and it was awesome. <laughs> uh, I think Doyle's going to go higher than you think. You're not going to be. I'm, you know, I'm not saying he's not going to be. No, he, I don't He's going to go higher because he's going to be drafting him in the eighth round. He's a target in Indianapolis. He's going to be Andrew Lux, one of the go to guys. You know what I mean? And I really, but he's not even going to be in the. He's going to be four rounds later than Martellus Bennett. Ah, sure, maybe. I, I agree with that. After everyone gets like the first five or six. Martellus Bennett is going real high because everyone loves Aaron Rodgers. I'm excited. I, I'm ready for the season. Let's go. We're done with it. I'm, I'm waiting to see for the. I'm waiting to see the Doyle campaign trucks come running down my uh, my streets here. You know, for fantasy uh, 
for fantasy love. The, the great thing about our show, guys, is that we're not sitting here toting the company line and doing all. I love the fact that we all have different ideals, and right now we're all formulating our thoughts. Right now we're just kind of like we're, we're we're throwing out bullshit like without even just. It's think, early as fuck. I think they can tell. Yeah. We tote much different company lines. I'm about to, I'm about to do a line of, of Mike, hey Mike White. That, that, hey that was the line I was talking about toting. Remember how we talked about how it was snowing outside? Yeah. It snowed inside at this point. All right. Let's get over to Musk. Sleepers and bust. This is early bird catches the worm edition pyro style. We know it's early. We're gonna throw out a lot of names. Let's not, guys. Let's do more names and throw them out and put players on guys' radars at each of these little segments. More so than like we're gonna be talking about all this stuff all off season again and again. But this is kind of our first stamp on guys we really think that you should cue in on. Guys we think that are sleepers and guys we are. Kind of fading and busting. What's up? Okay, so is it going to be consensusing, or are we just going to go through like a whole pile of names, and then we're going to be like, I think he's going to be a sleeper. I think he's a must. I think there's he's no a consensus. Must. No, we, have, we haven't had a consensus because, because I, I, be I a cannot agree with you guys. Yeah, knows. this All is right. not. A You'll consensus. be looking to get a quorum. Showtime. But at the same time, let's just let's just roll through it quickly. I'm going to do a must. I talked about him earlier. I'm not going to talk about him at really at all because we're going to have a lot of offseason. I like Pierre Garcon. I think he's a wide receiver one. I think he's had his, his moment or two, and I think he's been completely mediocre. Oh, go for it. Completely mediocre most of his, his career, even though he's had great quarterbacks throwing the ball. I like his situation, even if it's Hoyer. Just to clarify, you mean wide receiver one on that football team or fantasy wide receiver one? On that football team. Okay. On the 49ers. <laughs> so, Not a wide receiver one. <laughs> Right. So when I'm looking at like when you're talking about musts, 
I've kind of gone in back into kind of an old school type of a feel. When I think about these running backs, these running backs that have kind of resurged onto the market, and one who I was not a believer in last year proved me wrong in his rookie season. Uh, one that has always been suspended or had something going on for the beginning, but now does not have, is suspension free. And the other who was just all world all last year. So David Johnson. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, whichever way you want to, uh, to slice these guys, I'm sorry if I'm got a top of my uh, fantasy draft right now. One of those three guys is the player that I would choose to start with, you know, just because of their dominance at the position. Would you take them over all the wide receivers? Right now, yes. With the first pick, I would, I would uh, especially because I'm playing in PPR league, so uh, with the dual action threats of these guys and and again, with, with Ezekiel Elliott just being behind that line and the, and the touchdown potential, it's just too ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, so, you got a guy there? Yeah, I, I got a guy. I, I kind of spoke about him a little bit earlier. Uh, Corey Coleman, I think a lot of people are going to be on board with, uh, you know, Terrell Pryor is going to be gone, but a lot of people are going to be on Kenny Britt now. I think Corey Coleman is still going to be had because he doesn't have as, uh, as many snaps under his belt. He had kind of an off year, but it was due to injury. And I think it's going to be an oversight. Uh, they don't have a quarterback right now. Uh, Corey Coleman's the kind of guy that can put up great numbers. And while everyone else is jumping on Kenny Britt with that value, Corey Coleman's a great guy to grab late. He, I think he's going to be a sleeper. Yeah. He, he, he is going to be. Who's there going to be their quarterback? My only fear is who's delivering the ball. But I'm, I'm fully agreed that as far as sophomore season, the... I'd take Kessler at this point. Like Kessler's look better than a lot of people giving him credit for. If you look at Kessler's numbers up against Carson Wentz, they're not bad. Like they said, and I've read that they're real. They're willing to give him a crack if it doesn't all turn out. And what's what? You, what you what are want, you willing to give a crack? I'm willing to give a crack on, a, <laughs> on another sleeper. I just want to jump in while I'm on the topic of sleepers. If anyone knows me, I love the shit out of Robbie Anderson. Now look, here's my take. Brandon Marshall's gone. Eric Decker, he's gonna be there, but we have seen Eric Decker. He can he can be that wide receiver one he might not. wide receiver. No, I I think he's gonna stay. He's already practicing with them. He he's going. I think that was all Spencer. this kind of trade talks, for sure. Uh everyone is gonna be on that height adjusted speed score, sweetheart. Quincy Nunla. I love Quincy. A great ball player. But if there's someone I like more in New York, and I don't think he's dependent on just Bryce Petty, is Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson can ball. He is practicing this offseason with Chad Ochocinco. And he, I, I, you know what? I think he's, he's going to turn heads this year. I'm really, really looking forward to it. If, if you have a choice between two guys and add their ADPs, Quincy's going a little late. Robbie Anderson's free. If you want to take a guy in the last round, go with him. So, yeah, along with Robbie Anderson, we talked about Eric Decker a little bit. I mean, he's still an injury question mark. This is a guy who, you know, had knee surgery and then followed up by shoulder surgery. Like, he's had a lot of surgeries this offseason. They're they're really questioning whether he's going to be able to get back by training camp or by the beginning of the preseason or even by the beginning of the season. So let's not just write in Eric Decker as their wide receiver one from day one. And that gives you a chance with a guy like Quincy Inunua and Robbie Anderson to be, you know, have a big target share, especially with Austin Safarian Jenkins suspended for two games today. Um, so just not a good move there. Uh, one of my sleepers, Isaiah Crowell. Can I say one thing about Robbie Anderson? Sure. Had some great games in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Lot Had some target moments. And barely, 
Just barely. It, it, for a guy that went in the first four or five rounds and Brandon Marshall, he was about 14 guys lower than him in total points last year. Right, he was also under at the free agent. This guy, the story is awesome with this guy, and I think he they were a little. He, he went undrafted mostly because he had some college issues, and he used to be a DB. And the fact that he kind of changed positions and can play. Oh, I thought you meant he was a douchebag. <laughs> oh no. hell no, Robbie Anderson's my homeboy. I like I like the year I like the year one to year two. Uh, also, with Robbie Anderson, he's a guy who got along great with Bryce Petty. We don't know who the quarterback is going to be there. It might not be Bryce Petty, but right now, you tell me it's not, you got to give me another name to tell me who it is. <laughs> For sure. TBD. <laughs> exactly. <It's, laughs> who you got? Who's your guy? I'm going back to the well. I got to go back with Isaiah Crowell. Love um, it. You know, he's not officially back with the Cleveland Browns. Other, you think another team's gonna, you know, sign him to a big offer sheet and give up a second round pick to the Cleveland Browns? You think that's really gonna happen? No, he's gonna be back in Cleveland on a good deal. They liked what he could do. Uh, they said they want to get him even more involved. That offense, uh, offensive line is solidified, adding a bunch of different players up front. So. I really like the, their ability to just block for Crowell. And you're going to be able to get him in the 6th or 7th round in drafts. And it's going to turn out he might be a high-end you know, wide receiver, uh, high-end running back two. Or he just might be a solid running back two. But on a weekly basis, you know what you're sort of going to get. It's not going to be the elite production. But there is a chance that he could do more in the touchdown uh, rushing category, which we saw early in his career. So I, I like Crowell at his price. Uh, he's a sleeper for you, right? Or uh, is he a must? He's a must. He's a I, must. I think he's I like getting it. to the point of a must just because they are like they are strengthening that offensive line. And, you know, Duke Johnson's a nice little sleeper. Though. Oh. You want to talk about Crowell being a must? Stop with the Duke. I, See, you know, that's why I think he's a must because I think Duke, I think they're going to be phasing the Duke out. I don't well, think he, so. I'm looking forward to it. Let's I see. think he's a third downer. I think before, Duke, they're not going to give him down. They're not going to give him series like they have in the last year. He's proven... That he cannot be trusted for a, a, a hefty yards per carry average. You're going to run him when you have to. You know what you're going to do? You're going to run him like you run Darren Sproles. You're going to run him like you run Shane Vereen. You're not going to run him that often. You're going to yeah. use him for what his skill set is, which is his receiver. Let Crowell do the damage and let him let him work. The last two years, they would get, they would do that whole give him a series, give him a series, and it, it really did look like the ground and pound and the action was with Crowell was. There was a momentum. There was a there was a movement, and then when they would do anything on the ground with Duke, it, it felt it felt wrong. So I like and I like the Crow a lot um, because of that very reason. And we'll see. They might draft a running back, and things change. That we're, we're early here, but uh, go. All right, you know I actually do have one must though. Um, I know I, I know it's kind of weird to call Dak Prescott. A must, but there, there's something about I, I think they're while I think they're gonna start transitioning from the heavy run game. I know I know Houdini was mentioning how it's gonna be Zeke, 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 Zeke. But I really think Dak Prescott, now that you know he's kinda in, in that role, I think they're gonna start getting him to throw more. I want I, I'm gonna see Dells go into a more traditional offense. They're gonna be a lot more balanced. 
Um, I think they, he's a must, right? He, oh, absolutely must. A must. And, okay. and the, I mean, you have that offensive line, the, the offensive line, Italy. You have those weapons around you. You have to rely more on your your wide receivers, uh, Des Bryant, and then uh, Terrence just got re-signed. Um, I see big things from Dak this year, and I, I, he's not really going for a very high price. He's just kind of mixed in with all the other quarterbacks right now. He absolutely is. And here's the other thing, even where I'm saying Zeke, 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 you know how much that benefits Dak? Because think about well, how many things that you're gonna, how many times you're gonna see this on a, a play fake and a naked bootleg where Dak's gonna walk into the end zone probably at least four times this year just by faking it to Zeke Elliott toward the goal line, walk in on the other on the other side of the, of the play. Oh, absolutely. So think of, that's 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 twenty four points right there. I, I think Dallas has everything they need this year. Um, I, I think we will, though, see Dak using his feet a little bit less. And I think that he, they're going to start to showcase his arm just to see what he's capable of. Try to see how da- dynamic he can be of a quarterback because Des Bryant needs that as well. Well, he does. But what I'm saying is you need to – it's not that you're going to make him run throughout the middle of the field. I'm talking about when you're at that goal line red zone and if you act and you throw in his athletic ability to be able to do that, now you throw an extra dimension that all these defenses have to prepare, not just for Des Bryant, not just for Ezekiel Elliott. Now you've got to prepare for Dak rolling out and then you're going to be able to do plays where he's doing a bootleg, but it's actually now a bootleg design throw. So you'll be able to open up so much more for him in the red zone that I think it makes it easier so you're not going to have as many stupid turnovers that cost you fantasy points. Sure. I mean, at that point, it's just going to start becoming automatic for Dallas in the red zone. I think it's going to look really good. The guy finished sixth last year in for quarterbacks. Yeah, he's I, not being drafted quite as high. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, you're getting him around the back he's end QB ridiculous. one. Um, and there's more he could do passing the ball. We've got to remember he no didn't doubt. he didn't have Dez for a good portion of the season. Uh, and Dez wasn't at full strength at times even when he was there. Uh, so I really like Dak's um, prospects and I really think that they could open it up a little more early in the season to really see what they have and put other things on tape. That's it. I think I love that. See what they have is true, but to also keep defenses honest and say, you know what? We're not scared. This 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 second year player, we're not scared to have it get, go a game where he's he's in control and they're like, fuck. All right, it's not just going to be the Elliott shot. He he's going as low end uh, quarterback one right now, but. You know he's not going to go up there with Rodgers or Luck or Brady or Breeze or even Ben. The thing is he's going to keep getting pushed down because of all these weapons these guys are getting. But Dak's still got the same guys that were injured last year. He's always, I think he's going to come at a value in every draft this year. He's, he's, he's a must target. I, I'm talking about like we're, we're going closer to the what, 9th, 10th, 11th round. I think it's when everyone starts kind of picking up the quarterbacks. Love go, the call. Go for it. Be safe. Love the call. Offensive line protecting this mofo. All right, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna do a must, and it's a guy that only. Uh, I think he only lasted seven games last year, and he's a guy that last year I hated. Uh, I know Stags was a big fan, and that was one of our off-season little little quarrels after they had won the Super Bowl. I was just like, eh, I'm not into it. You showed some light on me, looking at the stats a little bit. C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson is the number one running back on the Denver Broncos, and when you look at the stats before he got injured. Pretty, pretty studly, pretty dynamic. So he played seven games, then got injured, was done for the season. Week one exploded. If you started him and drafted him, he won you the week probably pretty much. 25 points. 
Week two, another nice little, uh, nice little outing. Uh, week four, he had a good outing. Week seven, he had a good outing. He was, uh, he, he, he's the running back number one headed into the season for sure. I thought we all thought Devonte Booker was the running back that was going to be something to uh, worry about. I'm not saying that he can't mature and can't can't do something this offseason and be uh, be a force to be reckoned with, but I'm not feeling it. I think this week, I think this season going into week one and for the season, as long as injury doesn't hit him again, C.J. Anderson, because the stats were down, will fall a bunch. And unless, obviously, he goes off in the preseason, which hopefully doesn't happen. I like a C.J. Anderson. Only worries they go Christian McCaffrey, which I think they will. Really? Yes. He might be gone. I think already. he's gone. I think he's. I think, gone he, I think Christian McCaffrey. You're gonna be surprised. Could be a top 15 pick. I, I think he's yeah, I have him top 16 pick. He's, he's a top 15. Either Philly or Indy. He's going high. Philly's a great spot. John Elway. Because the pedigree. If he wasn't a player, a two-time Super Bowl champion, Eddie McCaffrey's son, it would be different. But he's got the pedigree. He's gonna be a top 15. The connection that. Christian McCaffrey has with John Elway. I'm just going to throw this out there. I can't wait to talk about Christian uh, late in, in later weeks. But he has a connection with John Elway. I think they will make a push for him some way, somehow. They better trade up. Well, no, no. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. If he goes 15, if he goes to where you're saying stags in that area, um, then that's that's tough for them. But if he starts falling to 20, 21, 22, now you're in range Denver's for Denver 20, to be. Right? Where's Denver at? 20, I believe. Oh, they're 20. So if it falls, well, so it needs to be. Yeah, you double check out. They're going to need like, to make a deal with one of these running back needy teams. Twenty. 20. So th- someone's going to take him just to trade him to Denver if Denver wants. Well, exactly. To well, that's what you're going to. You're almost taking saying I'm taking the best player available, but I'm also holding somebody over a barrel at the same time. But with C.J. Anderson, I, 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 that was the most surprising pick I've ever heard from you. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was legit stunned when you said C.J. Anderson. We talked about it a few months ago. You're like, do you know what he did the first six, seven, six, seven weeks? And I was like, no. And I looked at it. And I like his game. I just thought, I just was, last season, a Devontae Booker pole smoker. As simple as that. Yeah. I thought they were, I thought that guy was the best running back in the draft. And well, I thought he was, outside of Ezekiel. Yes. Well, see, James burned us so I, bad sit, in 15. We, situationally, I thought it was just like, wow, these guys got a fucking stud. And it was perfect. And he turned out to be a little bit... Uh, Less okay, than. so the downsides of C.J. Anderson could be, you know, his price gets real high. He's already being drafted, you know, as running back, what, 13, 14 off the board, um, right behind Mark Ingram, the 26th player overall. So you're going to have to spend a third-round pick on him. So that, really? That's gonna and be, this is all based on these uh, MFL 10s? Uh, MFL 10s and fantasy He's football. He's going in the third round every time. You know, 303, I think he's 39 overall. So maybe so, he's hey, not a must for yeah, you. No, no, I'm not drafting him there. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, but also, you know, this offensive line, they're reworking it. They're trying to add pieces. They're trying to add more and more. And then they're trying to get, you know, Trevor Simeon some weapons. Uh, in addition to that, <laughs> that's a that's a funny statement. I like it. You know, D Rex. Let me ask you this. Uh, we said he was going about 39th uh, ADP, but what if I told you he was going RB 16? 
which he is. Everyone's jumping on board with the running backs this year. It's the thing. It really is. But but <laughs> but people are also over over. No, it feels good. It, it, that feels better. It's right. That feels better. I mean, I think that's right. I, that I, feels I still better. think he's a good value pick because I'm pretty sure he's going after guys. I, I can't look right now, but I'm pretty sure he's going after guys. He probably deserves to go prior. I, okay, yeah, so guys, better, but, I'll but, agree with it because you're right. 39 sounds worse than running back 16. But at the same time, I'm more apt to take some flyers and and, and, and load up on some running backs a little bit later and get some surefires uh, at the wide receiver position. Just my my mo. But it does sound better. Good. All right, so let me ask a question. So are we doing this as in? Um, in any particular order, can I just pick? No, obviously we haven't. We've done. We've done. All right, so I want. I want we've someone done to do a lot. So let's sleepers. So I have so. a. I have like. I have a guy who I think is a sleeper, but I think if you look at the team, I think he's the must-have on the team. How about that? So I'm going to blend them both. Willie Sneed. Okay, Brandon Cooks is now gone. Michael Thomas is the guy that's going to get all the love. He's going to be the guy that's going to get all the attention. Where. You're going to have to overpay for, for that young talent. Now, that young talent's also going to have to deal with double teams, and they're going to have to deal with all the other things that come along with it. I look at Willie Steed, and here's a player that he burst onto the scene, the ridiculous first game uh, that he had, and then had another touchdown in his second week, so it was like... Last year? Last year, yeah. Okay. So it was like uh, 225 yards total in his first two games and two touchdowns. He only scored two more touchdowns the rest of the season. But he put up consistent numbers. So one of these things, when you look at the end of the year, there was like 72 catches, 895 yards, and four touchdowns. So only two touchdowns after, but he was also only targeted more than uh, uh, double digits, like two times on the season. So when I'm looking at that, and I'm seeing the production that this guy has, so you know, putting up the consistent numbers, the thing that I, that I want to say is that I look at him also from your standpoint, D-Rex, a work-hard guy. This is a guy who nothing has been taken for granted at all. He's tried to earn everything he has. There's also the, the thing that speaks to me is that there is no way with the talent that Brandon Cooks is that if you are the New Orleans Saints that you let him go if you don't believe in the stock that you already have because you're not going to drop him based on what we can get for him. You know, you're not in a rebuild 100% situation. You're actually in a situation where you're trying to make something happen. So, I look at Willie Sneed. I just, I just love him for where his value is. Uh, what I'm seeing is, is like amongst wide receivers, like somewhere anywhere from like 35 to 40 amongst wide receivers and you can get a guy who could be your starting wide receiver three. I absolutely agree with everything you're saying. Willie Sneed, I, I, really, uh, I really thought it was funny. I think it was last offseason that everyone was like, Oh, you know this Brandon Coleman guy. He's like looking really good. I think he's gonna be the, the you know the guy. And I'm like, I I remember how good Willie Sneed can be. Um, <laughs> you know, on top of that, Houdini, I I think when everyone is looking at Michael Thomas, who I'm about to talk to you about here shortly, Willie Sneed is that kind of guy that you want to get. If you you want to get that wide receiver two in New Orleans, I mean, hell yeah, right? I mean. Look at the volume that Drew Brees throws. He, he, he has a tight end that is, you know, everyone's all high about, but it's not going to work out there. I think we talked about how Kobe Flinger's not going to be a thing. We don't think he's going to be a thing. Brandon Cooks is gone. All those target hog shares that Brandon Cooks had will be split mostly between Willie Sneed and Michael Thomas. Now, on top of that, I think Michael Thomas was so dependent on Brandon Cooks on the opposite side of the field. 
Um, he is kind of guy. I, I know we're going to kind of probably drop something here later this week uh, for a, a bus candidate. Um, I'm not sure, but don't be surprised if Michael Thomas is a bust based on his ADP value this year. He is going in the, the top 10 receivers every time. I mean, he finished top six re, uh, wide receivers last year. Um, Michael Thomas could be one of those guys that, without Brandon Cooks, loses that 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 uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's he's not going to lose the volume. Protection. Yeah. Exactly. He, he's going to get the targets, but I think he's going to have a hard time really generating yardage, generating touchdowns, which he was super dependent on last year. Um, but I, here's the here's the thing more, more with Thomas. Now you're the number one. Which, now now you're now people have seen tape on you. Now people. It, it's a whole different ball game when teams are scheming for you as opposed to what's been happening as with with the Cooks, with a Fleener, with a, a lot of these weapons, the weaponry that's going on there. A Sneed, who I, I completely agree with your call earlier. I love a Sneed. Um, just the just the just a slow, just a guy that's gonna, he had 104 targets last year. If I were gonna say, make a guess, I think that goes up. I think that goes up 115. I think, and he is the kind of guy that converts on the catches. I love a sneak. But now Thomas is your number one. Now guys like Belichick, now defensive coordinators are like, this is the guy we're worried about. Are you really that worried about Hightower and 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 Ingram? Yes, you gotta you gotta focus on them. But right now, it seems like the number one weaponry for Breeze is. Friggin' uh, Thomas. Yeah, and I, I just want to finish up why I think Thomas was going to be a bust. Like he, he last year he was seeing a ton of volume in like the perfect situations, right? And he is actually set up perfectly like a house of cards. I, I, I think it was R. C. Fisher that put it this way. I was, I was reading something about it, and it's it's almost too perfect, but it seems so brittle that it's not going to work out. I think Michael Thomas is one of those wide receivers we will continue to see in the NFL that is absolutely dependent on a wide receiver two, but not a true wide receiver. Like I'm talking about like a really good wide receiver two. He is he's as 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 one. I think he's dependent on just that single coverage because otherwise it's it's gonna fall apart really quick. I I, 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 quickly I just I, I agree with that because I just have never seen him when you put a double team on him you could take him out of out of out of the game and. It's great when you're paying attention to someone else and then you can exploit a matchup. Go ahead, Stags. But the thing is, like, you're drafting him as, what, the 8th, ninth, 10th receiver off the board, and it's hard to see him overperforming. Like, could Michael Thomas potentially finish as the number one wide receiver in fantasy football next year? Uh, I don't think so. Drew Brees has never thrown it to a wide receiver or tight end more than 150 times in a season. So that huge target number will never be there for him. We talked about the efficiency that's you know potentially going to drop without Brandon Cooks on the other side. I also think Fleener could be in for a better season, um, you know, the second season there. Yeah. And so nobody's going to be interested in... Yeah, you know, he burned, he burned everybody, right. So... ADP value. I mean, all... Uh, 
He'll be on my I, I also think they're going to add... Last year's trash, this year's treasure. Sorry. I'll drop him quickly if he shit, shits the bed again, but I'll pick him up. Yeah, I mean, but your drafting was your tight end 24 or something. Yeah. Uh, but also, I think this is a team that can add another player in the draft. They've also got Ted Ginn to take the top off the defense. So I, I do think there's a lot of different guys that are they're going to use and spread the ball around to, and they just won't funnel targets to one guy. And that scares me for Michael Thomas. So that was a bust combined with the sleeper. I'm going to go to the guy that they traded to make this opportunity for Thomas, and I think he's a bust. And that's Brandon Cooks. Ooh, I don't, I don't totally think. disagree, D-Rex. And that's fine. And I love it. Let me go, and I want to hear you. I want to hear your point on the <laughs> other side, guys. He's not Randy Moss, guys. He's going to be the stretch the deep. He's gonna for Brady. They're gonna be sending him deep. He's not running all the all the route. He's not running all the routes in the tree, and they're not gonna ask him to. And I think that what you're gonna get is what you've gotten out of Brandon Cooks over his first three years of his career. And that's like three, four awesome games. And I'm not saying he's a bust and he's not scoring any points. Last year he finished, what, sixth at the position? If you played him and you owned him, did any guys own Brandon? I did. He did not feel like number six overall. So so here's what he he gave you three good games. And a lot of huge, three huge games. And a lot of garbaggio. So I think that's still what he's giving you. And I, I'm not changing. I think that I think he's still gonna have those absolute disgusting games. But as because he's Brandon Cooks, an early first rounder, taking a couple picks after uh, OBJ, and now he's with Tom Brady, and there's it's the champions, and the merger of this is a buzz that is fantasy. Uh, nat, you know, a lot of people are gonna be on this. He's gonna go real high. And he's going to still do the same thing he's been doing for the last two years. I'm not saying he sucks. I think he's a great player. All I'll say is he's going to give you three, four awesome games, and you're going to be very, very let down on those games where Gronk lights it up. Edelman I love because of the fact that we've got Cooks. And I, I like Malcolm Mitchell. I like Malcolm Mitchell more than I like Cooks. Go. You know, I, I don't think so. I think Brandon Cooks... Uh, even before he became a New Orleans Saint, and fell in what seemed to be the perfect situation with Drew Brees, um, he was. I, I think he's an elite wide receiver. I think he is such a beautiful specimen at running routes, at catching the football, and working his way with, uh, among the, uh, the route tree. Um, now, while I don't think he's going to be a bust, and I don't think he's going to be a must, I think that every single. You said you liked uh, Malcolm Mitchell even more. I'm fading every single New England Patriots wide receiver just because I think they all affect each other because of the um, uh, of Brandon Cooks becoming a Patriot. Now I'm fading Julian Edelman. I think he's about to hit a wall this year. I'm going to fade, fade Malcolm Mitchell because I think Brandon Cooks is of direct uh, uh, effect of him. Um, everyone else is going to get pushed to the side. But here's one thing about Brandon Cooks that I wanted to mention. I think he it, he's going to get faded by people more and more because of how many wide receiver and how many um, targets there are to share in New England. Gronk's getting the majority of them. People are still high in Edelman. And I think Cooks is going to fall ever so slightly where he's still going to become the perfect value to draft. I think he will reach his value. That's a great... That's a, 
That's a great point because that was going to be my counter was that even though you may be coming in and you're this amazing target and you have all these things, this is still Tom Brady. This is a Tom Brady who has thrown to the likes of Troy Brown, to David Patton, to to all these guys throughout throughout history, a bunch of and nobodies that Welker is, that, is, that he has was made probably pretty it, mediocre. But, but what he's done, made a living at, is uh, he's done it by spreading the ball around. So the difference, the difference is, is that I, I look at what Brandon Cooks is that if you're right that he starts falling out of favor and, and he falls into that favorite position, then that's then that's fine. But if he is going to be drafted at that higher level just because you're thinking, oh, now we put him here, he was in the best offense that he could have been in with, with, with New Orleans, theoretically. I think it's Ar- better now. Arguably. Arguably, okay. Be- because here's why. He wasn't in the best offense because they don't target wide receivers a ton. New Orleans is a team that spreads the ball around to every single position. They throw it to their tight ends. They throw it to their running backs. Overall target share to wide receivers isn't the best. Uh, same exact thing in New in New England. But here's the thing. He's going high this year. He's, he's the a, he's 17th. A late second rounder. He's the 17th wide receiver off the board. Oh, terrible pick. I'm buying. Oh, I laid second rounder books. You, you know, are going that's what he was so last let year. down. Yeah, and you were let down by that. I was not let down. I have so many shares of Brandon Cooks and Dynasty. I was happy with the move to New England. I think I think he is going to thrive no matter where he goes. No just who's around just him. in that playoff. Tar- he's that's a target hog. A target hog. I want to give D-Rex a little side, though. Oh, hold on one second. I, target hogs will continue to be target hogs, and he will get his. The problem also is that he even came out with it. He's a selfish player. He, there was a game last year in New Orleans, and there was a quote with him. You know, uh, we may have won the game forty-nine to twenty-one. It was against the Rams, and he goes, "But I didn't get a catch." And you know what? I just want to feel like I'm actually contributing to the offense. Like this is you talk about New England, the ultimate team. Like Belichick will be like, "I'll freeze you out yeah. in three weeks." And Thomas even said when he when they tr- made that trade, like. Basically, it was jealousy at the top. What? Michael Thomas was a little jealous, too, with that talk back and forth on Twitter. That was some childish shit between the both of them. I, be- so I believe it. One guy's gone, one guy's there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, because because I, you couldn't get the 30-second pick for Michael Thomas. No, and, and I guarantee Brandon Cooks will be more expensive than Michael Thomas' contract. You just said he's a late second rounder. That's the worst pick. Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas is rounder. going ahead of eight, eight Brandon overall, Cooks. Michael Thomas. And I think Michael Thomas is a bust. I think you got to take some people there. <laughs> you know what it's time for? Hail Day! My childhood was typical. Summers in Rangoon, luge lessons. Val Verde! Come here, I'm gonna eat you! I'm bigger than you, I'm higher in the food chain! Alright, good Get say. in my belly! <laughs> <laughs> so. It was a trio, you didn't know. I, I didn't know. So, with Brandon Cooks, there's also the fact that. He, I'd just like to say my piece. Cause, yeah, no, no, no. no. Uh, there's also a fact that guy. he could be the slot receiver. It's not guaranteed to be Julian Edelman's role, but he could get more slot snaps than everyone thinks. And he could be the guy who sees a higher volume of slot snaps. And then remember the uh, 
you know, uh, post route and the fly route. Welker used to run out of the slot that Edelman doesn't really run anymore. Yeah, those things can go to Brandon Cooks. And there's just the end of rounds that go to Julian Edelman. Those can all go to a much, you know, faster player, a more dynamic player in Brandon Cooks. You're, the reason they acquired him and they... Bill Belichick said the reason we acquired him is because of his versatility as a wide receiver. We think he could be a deep threat for us. We think he could be an underneath weapon. And just his ability to do a little bit of everything could make him more valuable than he ever was in a gimmick role in New Orleans. I'll agree with you, but at the same time, he was getting targets and being thrown downfield in New Orleans. So the thing is, does he get used more often but not have as much yards per per, uh, catch? That's a very good possibility. Uh, look, I understand they can use him on all the end rounds, and I think the other benefit is that if you don't have a Laguerre Blunt that signs back there, now you have even more need to use more of these end rounds or these uh, jet screens or gimmick-type plays to get him the ball. Um, look, he's dynamic when he gets it, but I agree with D-Rex. When we look at the full gamut of the thing, you're not going to get a consistent fantasy production on him on a weekly basis like you will out of the other guys that are in that same realm. And I, one thing I'll say, and then I'll let then you're gonna you're gonna call your next guy. I agree with you that he could be out of the slot, but when you said that he does those long, does those post patterns and goes deep, yeah, that's gonna be what he can do out of that slot. He is not an underneath guy. He can't take the hit. He can't do a, he can't do button hooks. He can't do out run. He if he's in the slot, he's doing those flags. He's doing those posts. He's doing those deep routes. He's just not an underneath guy. He's you know, not. He's too small. This He'll get se- fucking work. This season though, with Brandon Cooks, don't be surprised if we see a different element to that offense. They got their Super Bowl in. They're gonna try some new things. They're not going to – sure, it's, why fix what's not broken? But we may see, with Tom Brady getting older, we may see a, 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 a kind of shuffling of the cards. We could see New England kind of starting to – hey, let's, let's see how this works. I, I'm telling you, Brandon Cooks is going to be more of a factor than people think. And I think he is – if you think he's a bust, I don't think he's a must. But I don't think he's a guy you need to sleep on. Here's the only reason why I think he's a bust. You're telling me he's a second rounder. He's a bust. And the only reason why I think when you got white, when you got guy, when you not, you got guys coming out of the backfield, and you got the best short across the middle, under the route players in the world, in Gronk and friggin' Edelman, he's not going to be that. He's going to be the guy taking the top off of it. Let's move on though. You got one last thing to say? Go for it. But I want you. I, have, to, I, I want you. To, the, I want you to become a new player. I have the final statement though on this. Okay. When we're ready. Are we done? No, with we're done. Are we no. done? I want to say that. You bring want up any a new more Cooks? He wants more cooks. This is all I want to say. Yeah. Scott, you just don't get it, do you? You don't. It's no hassle. But, oh, all I'm saying, they're going to get a... I'm just... Knock, knock. Who's there? Look, let me tell you a little story about a man named... Even before you start... That was a preemptive shh. Just know I have a whole bag of shh with your name on it. Can we play the Brandon Cooks game? Can we play which guy do you want more than Brandon Cooks and which guy will you not take sure. over? Sure, I would love Let's, let's move on quickly. Let's do it. Okay. So, Todd Gurley. Give me Todd Gurley. Cooks over... I'll take Cooks. 
I'll take Cooks. I mean, it really depends on team construction. Todd Gurley is going in the middle of the second round. Okay. Right. Gurley is going to go. He's a bust for okay. me as well. Okay. <laughs> he's actually going to be my bust. So we'll get right after this, we'll get there. Michael Thomas, Cooks. Lamar Miller, oh. Carlos Hyde, Amari Cooper. I like Lamar Miller. I like Lamar Miller more than I like Amari Cooper more. Mark Ingram. C.J. Anderson. See, here's the thing. De- DeAndre Hopkins. Like, these are all guys in De- uh, Brandon Cooks' range. And you think it's just a bust because you have to take him in the second round. But you have to take other guys in his place. And they're all sort of got some ugly aspects. And he's going, like, wide receiver I'll take, 12. I'll take two of those players over Cooks. He's going, yeah. like, wide receiver so 12. But those were a lot of guys ahead of him. Every, okay. It's great. So, you know I love that game more than anyone. Yeah, like. It's, Allen it's, Robinson or like, Cooks? Allen Robinson. That. I mean, but it's sure. close. But that's got an argument to be made. Sure. Yeah, but hey, you can make no the more right. We don't yeah, know who's right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the best part about the offseason. Yeah. Let's let's talk about Todd Gurley. Yeah. So Todd Gurley is going in the middle of the second round. If Everybody's... Todd Gurley was on, hold on, let him go. 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 He's your bust. Yeah. He's okay. a like he's going pretty much at a one round deflated price from last year, but what's changed? They've, Sean McVay. They've gotten one tackle, and they've got an offensive coordinator who's known for running a West Coast passing system. Jeff Fisher's gone. It's, so a run-heavy coach is gone, and you're going to suddenly bump the running back? Like I still think he's an elite talent. Listen, I understand Todd Gurley is going to be a problematic running back for as long as Los Angeles has a broken <laughs> offensive line, but he's going to continue to get that ball, and he I know... How good of a running back he can be! I know we haven't seen it at the NFL level. The guy, the guy can be a superstar. His ceiling has not even been touched. No, I'm not. It hasn't even came close yet. I'm not giving up on Todd Gurley. I see things. What are you for that? Nobody's are giving you up paying the price this season. I'm paying that price. Season. Okay, but the the thing about MFL tens, here's the thing. Here's the trend right now. Everyone's pounding the top four wide receivers. You got Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr. You got Julio Jones. You got Mike Evans. Oh, you have AJ Green, and then you have David Johnson. You have, you have Le'Veon Bell, and then it gets a little, ugh. You know what I mean? So, and the thing is, you got that position scar- scarcity at running back. So those running backs drop off so much faster, and that is the only reason why Todd Gurley is going to go before some of these wide receivers because everyone has required to start a running back. He may not. I'm be- a, hold on, I need to do a quick question. A stag stag style that you just did. Jordan Howard or Gurley? Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard or Gurley? Oh, uh, man, offensive lines both suck. Give me, man, give me Todd Gurley. I'm sorry. I'm Jordan Howard. Jordan, I'm Jordan oh, Howard. Jordan Howard like, too, man. like oh. just all in. All in. No. All in the on problem, Howard. The, problem, the thing is, I know what kind of talent Gurley is. I'm with you. He's ridiculous. Ridiculous. We've never Gurley. said. We've right. never that's not what we're talking about. He's in the wrong situation. Do I want him for this year? And the thing is, this year is going to be more of the same of what we saw last year. We're going to see teams building up and saying, beat us any other way because we're not going to let Todd Gurley beat us. Physically, and if you don't have the quarterback, then can. No, so we're allowed to do that. And you don't have the playmaker, sorry, Robert Woods, but to do it. <laughs> Tell me what the difference is between this year and last year and why I have to pay a second-round price to get Todd Gurley, and until somebody can tell me why I have to pay a second round price for a guy because who's of the more of an RB two, he was a rookie. That's why. And I bet you he's. I bet you by the time drafts start happening, 
He'll be a first rounder nah. because it's I don't early. Know. I don't know because it's early. He's, he's going as the running People back. People love eight. the guy. He's going as the eighth running back off the board just because of that. That tier drop offs happen so fast. But I, I have to try to buy into the Sean McVay change. It. I have to try to buy in the the, the revamp of Los Angeles uh, Rams. I guess there's, we have two well, LA uh, teams now. I think meant Los Angeles as a whole. No, we need to revamp it. I, I I need to buy into his talent. And Jordan Howard isn't half the talent Todd Gurley is. I tr- like honestly, people can argue it, but they're gonna go off a recency bias. Todd Gurley is twice the running back I Jordan agree. Howard is, and it's 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 going to happen. If you ever wanted to wait till it happens, wait till that head coach and the whole team change, and that's gonna be this year. I don't agree. This is twice, but you're right. He's a better player. Yeah, but that, that's subjective. Nobody gets one point seven percent. Yes, hold on. But my question is, let's let's quickly move over. We got to kind of roll. Let's roll through these guys a little bit. Jordan Howard. I mean, I I think he's a must. So you're paying the back end of the first round price. He's going one running back before Todd Gurley. I I like I I don't mind I don't mind that if I if so I so you're at the turn you're saying I'm going to draft Des Bryant AJ Green and Jordan Howard. More things. Well, I, if I get if I go and I grab a non if I grab a wide receiver in the first round, and then I need to grab a running back in the second round, I like a Jordan Howard. Okay. And then I grab another wide receiver with my third pick, I like it. Now, if I grab a running back with my first pick. I'm not going Jordan Howard with my second pick. I need to battle up a little bit, but just right now, just just yeah, talking through it. But here, here's listen. I think, but I like him a lot because he's a goal line mofo. He's a badass. And, and that's the point I'm going to bring up. Let ball. me jump on that. Let yeah, me take back yeah. on that real quick. I know I talked about last time how I became a Jordan Howard believer after at least halfway through the season. I was like, wow, I was wrong. We didn't see a lot of these things coming to you know. A lot of things. A lot of these things happen with Langford getting hurt. Here's what worries me the most about Chicago. I have a really, 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 really strong feeling that they are going to bring in a running back that will be utilized on third downs. I do believe that Jordan Howard will not be this perfect three-down back because I don't think he's going to sustain that value for very long. It also worries me that they have a change of quarterback and everything's kind of moving around there. It's the same, but a little better in Los Angeles. But in Chicago, things have fluctuated a little bit more. And I think they're going to continue to revamp the running back position and bring in someone who can catch passes and not rely on Jordan Howard to do that. I I do agree in some aspects because there is change at the quarterback position. That, that's sort of a big change. Uh, and they lost Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. And, you know, their offensive line at the tackle position isn't very good. But the interior is very good. Um, so Jordan Howard's interesting. He's got some bust factors just because of change. And we know Dowell Loggins can't coach worth a damn. So the change scares me. Um, but there is a chance he could score more touchdowns as he becomes the centerpiece of this offense. I do agree that they can add a true third down back just because him and uh, Jeremy Langford have sh- you know struggled to catch the ball uh, in the first. They're, they've got two of the highest drop rates among running backs over the last two seasons. So that's something that's very disconcerting to me. Um, I, I, he's got some pros, but he's also got some cons. But 
Right now, I can give you a count for everybody in the league. <laughs> and, and do you like Do you like him before he got started? Oh. Uh, I, I love that you're wearing a Bears hat as we talk about the Bears. Do you like him at the end of the second round? He's the end of the first round. End of the first, turn to the second. Oh. Early in the second. I thought you were saying that. It, it, it's, 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 hard, <laughs> it's hard to, you know what, again, here's why. He's the first round. Here's where right I love Jordan right. Howard, and I love Jordan Howard. <laughs> if I'm just comparing Jordan Howard to uh, Todd Gurley or who I'd rather put my chip behind, look, these are both teams that are losing teams. I don't want to, ideally, I do not want to have a running back on a losing team. I mean, honestly, running backs on losing teams are usually playing from behind, so then those uh, their, their ceiling gets capped. So, I would rather always have a, that running back on a, on a good team where they're blowing someone out and then they're able to run up the score on them. But we saw last year they still were handing in the ball when they were losing. And well, sorry because, if I sounded like an idiot. I thought you were saying he was an end of the second rounder. Yeah, no, no. But here's the other thing too about Jordan Howard. Even if that's the case, so you're giving him the ball because you, you, you know he's the best player that you have on the team. And you're testing out. But the problem got. is gonna is gonna happen with this. They need the Bears need also need a lot of things to shake out for them to, to make not be the same situation that Todd Gurley's in, because if Mike Lennon doesn't prove to be any, anything worthwhile as a quarterback, if Kevin White doesn't prove to be anything as a receiver, right? No, no. But but I'm talking about the skill players. If these guys are, are nothing, then no team is fearing a Kevin White. No team is fearing anything else, a Kendall Wright or anything. Else. Bring us, bring us Marcus Wheaton. Bring us all your crap. We're going to stop Jordan Howard. We're going to stop you. Good point. And I'll say, Bad Birdie! You got a monster bus? Wait, When no. I was insolent, I was placed in a burlap bag and beaten with reeds. Pretty standard, really. Well, it's been a little while since we had a little kind of sound bites in here from Houdini, but I just wanted to point out that that bottle cap hit you on the head. It hit me right in the ball spot, dude. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome like, to the show. I, I cannot hide my wound. <laughs> what, if, what if next time you come back you have a full head of hair? <laughs> now we're gonna hit you with bottle caps on the day. I was blessed by their yeah. cerveza. <laughs> the victory! <laughs> My hairline got victory! Uh, who wants, wants to stack? Throw a guy out. You, I thought, I, was just, up. I, thought okay. I was just Todd Gurley. Fair enough. Oh, amen. I'm, yeah, I, I, dropped a, I, I dropped a must. I dropped two. Okay, I'm doing a bust right now. Tyreek Hill. Come on. Great player. Elite talent, X Factor City. This guy was amazing in his rookie season. Kansas City Chiefs are psyched to have him. I think at an NFL level and a winning game level and a gameplay level for a NFL team, awesome. Somehow, some way, he's going to be drafted much higher than he should be as a wide receiver. If you're in a return league, fine. It's coming down. He's not going to return as much. They just aren't going to give him the ball. They're going to kick it out of bounds on punts, and they're going to make sure they kick it behind the uh, the uh, end of the end zone on kickoffs. He's coming down, and I think there's just going to be people that look at those stats and see that he was this elusive guy, and he's going to take that next step in the sophomore season. I'm taking him as a bust. I'm not, I'm not down with that ADP. Again, I don't know where his ADP is right now. It's so early. I'm not looking at the MFL 10s and what, all, what it all is. And if you have it, great. He was great ADP last year. And watching this guy play is like nothing else. He's, he's obviously just unbelievable. I think he's going to be a bust. What do you guys think? 
But yeah, for ADP. Yeah, I got him uh, right now in MFL 10. He's going late fourth round, and I get that. Uh, I don't have the time nor the patience to actually uh, count which wide receiver he's going at. But he's kind of going at an okay value, I think. I, I, I mean, if you're looking for a guy for best ball, so you don't actually have to actually start him, you know, so it's a lot easier. Okay. You're waiting okay. for these games to happen. Um, if you are in a league that gives you points for kick and punt return touchdowns, I think he's still going to get his opportunities. They can't kick him all out of bounds. I mean, you never see that. He, 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 you know, you saw him in Chicago how many years. You still get the ball. Well, what is it? He, what, he had three he's, or four last year? He scored returns. four different so, weeks last year. So, it so it's going to be two this year returns? But Kansas City will continue to open up that playbook around Tyreek Hill. And they know how to use him. I think he's someone you can't properly, properly game plan for because you have no idea where he's going to go and how he's going to receive the ball. And that's important. You're not going to get a guy like that. I don't think he'll bust... But I, I do see red flags everywhere, but he's kind of one of those. He's <laughs> one of those yeah, right no, he's an unknown, yeah. but, but here's the other thing. He'll be, over, right. he'll be overdrafted, but here's why. When you think about how is he going to be used, and will he be used effectively going forward now that other teams have game tape on him and kind of know what to expect. But his speed is ridiculous, and you do have one of the best coaches in Andy Reid who has been a genius throughout his career at being able to manipulate these type of players into X-Factors. So when you think of the Deshaun Jacksons and all these other guys that have, that have come before, he made all those type of guys. And this, guy, this guy's this on this a guy's different level. A completely different level with the speed and athleticism that he has, and it seems to be football smarts. Now, you know, how will it translate when defenses actually start game planning for you? Now, that's a different story because he didn't have to deal with that in his first year. So, didn't depending he, on where didn't you're going to get him. Didn't he lose uh, a fumble and lose the game for them in the playoffs, though? You know, he may have, but at the I same time, remember. I think in the playoffs, he fucked up and kind of lost the game for him. But, but here's the thing. Chiefs. He, he, the, the problem is going to be that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point that you bring <laughs> up because that's a problem that Devin Hester had from, from that big playmaking standpoint was that he'd also make blunders. But when you're making enough great plays, you, you overlook those blunders. But if you're not making those plays, then those things become amplified. Stags, what do you think? I think he's going to be overpriced for my liking. Um, we got to remember all the things that sort of went right for him last year. I mean, he scored 12 total touchdowns. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Six of them were through the air, three receiving, and then three in the research. Uh, three returning, return three game. rushing, yeah. And um, those are those are a lot of variants, those return touchdowns. So sure. you can't really replicate the number of uh, touchdowns, fantasy football calculator as as a third round fa- fantasy pick at the back of the third round. Which is crazy. Jeremy Macklin was out uh, for a majority of last season. Who he I sh- like. Who sh- he should be back and see a greater target share. They show that they have to throw the fucking ball to Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. because if you don't, you look like idiots. Um, you know. I think and they didn't throw the ball. To, they should have thrown the ball to them another fifty times last year. So can and we watch it? You watch. Hold on. You yeah. watch. You watch uh, Jameis in, in yeah, Tampa yeah. Bay. You watch I Kansas watch Kansas City. City. I'm sorry. And, <laughs> and it's it, it was mind blowing how often this guy was wide open that Alex Smith wouldn't get him the ball. Mind 
fucking blowing. I, I think this is the consensus that I'm, I'm feeling with, with Tyreek Hill. I understand where you're coming at with the bust because of where he's being drafted. But I would say that we all think that he's still a, a talent, but the problem is none of us are going to own him on any team this year based on where he's going. Yeah. But where, that, where are you comfortable buying? How about that? Okay, so you said he's going in the third round? He's going yeah, like, I'm, I'm like a I'm late like nine, fifth. I'm, I'm like, like round eight or nine. I'm at the earliest, a late fifth, early sixth, but I'm more probably where I would be comfortable taking him as seventh or eighth. Yeah. You know, and Not right now, Tyreek Hill is that perfect best ball wide receiver because you never know you, you can't the game. exactly you can't account for these, these special team touchdowns yeah. you can't account for these special plays but they will come he's and people know that he's going later in the fourth of MFL games but there is a big teardrop off around that time. He's a guy worth kind of getting a few shares of. I like him best ball. I agree. Best ball is a great call for that type of guy. You don't want a Terrence Williams in that type of a game. Yeah, Terrence Williams is a bad. Um, but <laughs> He's, he's got his blow-up games, too, is all I The mean. DFS guy. Yeah, um, no. 73 yards. Just all right. Are you, you bringing so, up someone new? Let's no. move on. With Tyreek Hill. We've got to remember, we saw this uh, a couple years ago with the guy we talked about earlier, Cordero Patterson. He's he's bit. We've seen them, the hype train. Everybody's like, he could do so much more as a receiver. You know, They're still going to give him the 24 carries that they gave him. And he's going to do more as a receiver. It's not guaranteed that he's going to do more. Uh, he did more as a receiver than Cordell Patterson did in his We got to move up from Tyreek Hill. I agree. Your last say. I just want to say one thing. The thing about Cordell Patterson, his team didn't understand how to use him. Kansas City already shows that they know how to properly utilize him. I do not want to compare Tyreek Hill to Cordell Patterson in Minnesota anymore. We will see Cordell Patterson in Oakland, and we may be able to compare him at a later date. No. As they play each other. That coaching staff. As they play each other. Because they'll be in the same division now. Let's go. I love it. All right. I'm going sleeper. And he got signed today and made a shite load of money. God bless the guy. From Minnesota. Plays in Minnesota. Played college in Minnesota State. Adam Thielen. Thielen. I'm feeling the Thielen. I'm feeling the Thielen too. You got uh, Johnson left. And now he he signed a one-year deal with Carolina. Yep. Yep. Uh, they tried their hard out to sign a good deal for Jeffrey, who we talked about earlier. Obviously, Treadwell is not impressing anybody. Not at all. <laughs> if you're really, they're really, they tried to bring in, I mean, basically, Treadwell is Jeffrey, but going into his second year. Those are the same player, essentially. Obviously not. Tread, uh, Treadwell wasn't good. Um, they got rid of uh, AP. And the guy that friggin' Bradford was going to and loving was Thielen. And the thing is, and Thielen got 27 mil. And Thielen and Diggs worked so well together too, right? When you think about when you think about those two receivers for what they're doing in in in, uh, in Minnesota, now it's going to be interesting. You're 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 shifting, and we we saw the shift already because Adrian was basically gone the whole year yeah. of what you're going to need to do. But there are going to be plenty of opportunities, and Thielen's a guy that just gets forgotten at the position because where where is where is he? Well, last year he went. Well, I want I want his know. ADP last year was the 114th wide receiver, and he <laughs> finished 27. He's right now still going as like the 47th wide receiver. So 
This is telling you that you don't have to even reach for this guy, but this is a guy that you should be targeting because here, again, play. you can play this the, the name game around here. So we've talked about a bunch of these guys. So uh, around Thielen, uh, starting before him, three ahead of him, Cameron Meredith, Kenny Britt, Malcolm Mitchell. After him, Kevin White, Josh Doxon, Pierre Garçon. So... These are the. I realm. take the guys ahead of him, ahead of him, and I take the guys behind him, behind him. <laughs> well, to be honest, I gotta be honest. Those seven guys right there are guys that I'm gonna find value picks late. But oh, you're only gonna be able. So, but the problem is, I like all. all of this I like all the guys. You if they're all in that you're not area, dead on Kevin White. You can <laughs> only pick. You can only pick one, maybe two no, max. No, get him so fucking late. No, but D Rex, here's what I'm just, saying. Just D Rex. What I'm saying is though, based on that, if these are your guys. You're gonna get one or two of them. So out of the out of all those guys, I'll get all. Is Thielen <laughs> your is Thielen one of your one or twos out of Cam Meredith, Kenny Britt, Malcolm Mitchell, Thielen, Kevin White, Josh Doxon, Pierre Garcon? Give me Kevin White or Josh Garcon, Doxon. Garcon and Thielen, then Kevin White may with the upside. I didn't know Garcon was an option, but Kevin White. It's gonna be between Kevin White and uh, Cameron Meredith. I'm pretty sure we know one of them is going to do something this year. One of them is just gonna be a J. Right, so at the same time, Adam Thielen is in the perfect situation. He's always going to come at a value. I love it, but at the same time, I, I said really, really, really early in the show. Bradford with loves money. When we were still waking up, you know, kind of just got home from work. Minnesota is a place where offensive players go to die. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And at the same time, Adam Thielen had a great year, but now he's a contract. Will he sustain those numbers? I would love him to. He's a great guy to watch. He's a great success story. It's real gritty, you know, at the same time. But how just, how what do you think? Adam Thielen, what's his body? What's his body? Yeah. What what do you what do you what, what what player do you think? He's a white guy. What do you think his height and weight is? Oh man, I should know this already, but I'm I, I would assume he's 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 a six foot, six foot one guy. And probably I'm probably wrong already because Houdini's looking at me. <laughs> I'm just I just wanna give me about uh you know, 195, 200? 6'3", 200. He's okay. much more well, majority than you yeah. would think than you would think for these yeah. little white guys. Yeah, he's he, taller than you think. He's a taller he's, than you he's, think. He's a he's a, a he's got not elite speed, but he's fast, big, and thick. And so is Kevin White. And so you Wait, mean, I'm not comparing him. Yeah, we, saying, we threw that saying, name in there. Sam Bradford's got some a little man love. For not a little whitey guy that's like a, a slot receiver, this guy's kind of tough. But the difference is with the Kevin White and the Thielen, at least with Thielen, we've seen him do it in NFL games. That's true. Kevin White, we've seen it. Hey, we've got three routes we can call on that he made in these games. If anybody in the world projecting still. After he had zero catches the week before in week 15, but if anybody out there played Adam Thielen in their championship game, whatever, week yeah. 16, he won you your championship. He had 12 catches, 200 yards, and two touchdowns. But if we're really looking for but that, he had zero catches. If we're looking before. for that guy who's going to win you leagues, are we looking at the ceiling of Adam Thielen, which we may have already seen? Or are we anticipating the ceiling of Kevin White this year? Although I will say this real quick. Here's the first thing. I think he'll still be a sleeper. Basket. I'd rather have a guy who has an ability to give me that game. So like a Marcus Wheaton who did it with, with Pittsburgh or whatever. I'd rather have a guy who at least has a chance to do that versus a guy who's a steady, steady, steady Eddie all the way. Go ahead, Stags. And, and, and I said go, go ahead, Stags. Go ahead. But fucking Bradford still loves him. 
Thielen like almost broke his neck early in that game before he had zero catches. Just providing some context. That's, I remember that. <laughs> like he almost died in that game. Yeah. And so, then the next week he had two hundred yards. Uh, but also we've got to remember that Stephon Diggs was injured for a portion of the season uh, down the stretch. Uh, oh, you guys. I'm a bust on him. All right. I think people are still too high on Stephon Diggs, but I will. Sorry to interrupt you. Sorry to go, go, go. Stephon Diggs, when he had his big games, they were all kind of in it. You know, when Am Thielen had his big games, Stephon Diggs was in and out of the lineups, hurt. Uh, Stephon Diggs is still the number one on that team. Yes. Uh, so I think he's in for a boatload of targets. But I think it could be an underrated type of passing game. You know, uh, Bradford was extremely accurate last season. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing if they could do anything because right now their offensive line looks pretty atrocious. Uh, so they're going to have to throw it. You know, that run game doesn't look much improved. Problem is, the problem is you're not going to get a lot of uh, uh, touchdowns out of these receivers. But PPR-wise, you will get a lot of catches because they're going to be implementing that short passing game to kind of cover up for their lack of a, of a run attack. Before I go on to Stefan Diggs a little more, let's have a listen to this. Stefan Diggs, are you liking him? Let's make it quick. Because we've talked enough about the uh, I love him in PPR. I Let's do a one I, minute Stephon Diggs. I love Diggs him in PPR. I'm staying away in standard. I love him in Dynasty and season long, but I am worried because he is a Minnesota Viking. I like him enough. I mean, I'm not going to go out on pound the table for Stephon Diggs because I think I like people at his price more than I like Stephon Diggs. But I think he's going to be a good value. All right. I love it. Amari Cooper. I think he's going to be a bust. Let's just make this a quick... I like what we just did there with that last one. Amari Cooper, do you, where do you... I think he's a bust. I, I, I know he's a great player. He's fucking... He's going high. Let, let's, he's going let's, high. What, what are your he's thoughts? Going, he's going like Let's just quick hit and have a conversational style quick hit style. I'm on Amari Cooper. I love it. I'm, I'm more on... Love, you like him? I like him. Yeah, Absolutely. Great talent, love him in Dynasty, but I'm a wor- little worried about Where's his disappearing going? act Where's and going? the fact. Uh, Mario Cooper, thirteenth of the, 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 the second. Position. Okay, sh- the sure, second. sure, but I'm I'm really worried that the fact that Del Rio's there and he just makes people fucking disappear on the offense. <laughs> you know, it, it, it since you got uh, Michael Crabtree is still going to do his thing, and you have uh, you have other offensive weapons uh, probably going to get pushed in. If he can't get Amari Cooper the football. It's bothersome for me, for sure. And with Robert Woods there, the guy I was looking for earlier. If Derek Carr's already looking for him, who knows what Del Rio's going to do with the rest of the offense. So Woods, on the, Woods signed with the Rams, not Raiders. Right. Who am I getting confused with? Hey, holla. We love Let's the Tuna. Like, hey, just so I... Carl Patterson. He's right. I've had a few... Valverdes. Never feel bad about making a mistake. Baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, I'll give you the love straighter than hate. I'm buying Sammy Watkins again. Oh my god, you are you. You and Ty- Tyrod's back. 
You've been dumped by the same girl three times and you're still. It's because she's fucking hot. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going back with him to get rejected for a fourth time. It's because she's I'm fucking hot. I, like, I'm dumb. Like, if she's a good fuck, you go back. It's what? the hottest girl in the fucking school. You, you do dumb shit. Like, what, what's, under, what's not to understand about this? And I combine with this. Let me, agree. Let me, let me piggyback on this. And I'm going to tell you why I love Sammy Watkins, is also partly why. LaShawn McCoy is a bust for me. Okay? You want to disagree? Okay, okay, Buffalo boy, go run away. You can go run away, Buffalo boy. Here's, here's, here's the truth and facts of the matter. And the, and the problem is that LaShawn McCoy had himself a heck of a year last year, and it was a great year. Okay, it was a bounce-back year. He finished with 1,267 yards, 13 touchdowns on 234 carries. He caught 50 of 57 targets. That's ridiculous in the passing game. That's but 356 yards and a touchdown. Those 14 touchdowns, do you know that he only scored 11 touchdowns in the previous two years combined? So you're going you're gonna to tell me that I'm going to base everything on, on that. Now, he's an older guy. He also has, everywhere, Dini. He also, he also has a ton of mileage on him at this point in time. So I agree. Getting Tyrod Taylor back in the mix was one of the best things that ever happened to him. But the fact is that they started to show some some uh, want to go to some other of the players. Uh, the Gillisley we started to see jump into the mix. I'm just I look at at, at LaShawn McCoy, and this is one of those players that if you're gonna call it for this year and you're gonna bet on him, because right now he's going and this way he's a bust for me. Number seven overall, I'm seeing him go. That's after those three running backs who I said I have the ultimate confidence in, then I got to go McCoy's the next running back off the board. I have zero confidence at that point in time in, in his left in his career. Go. Love it. Love go. it. Go. You just dropped every statistic for a reason why he deserves to be there. Why? I don't understand what you said there that makes you disbelieve that LaShawn McCoy isn't as bad ass as he was last year. What? Freaking changed in Buffalo. I, I'm I'm, Buffalo, but I'm I'm from Buffalo. Okay, stay. Shh. Yeah. But here's the thing. I think LaShawn McCoy is going to repeat his elite performance. Mike Gillisley was a little touchdown on He's a great compliment. The fact that Carlos Williams douchebagged his himself out of the football team was the best thing that ever happened to McCoy. LaShawn McCoy is, is there to stay. He's going to finish his career in Buffalo, and he's going to do it really well. I think Tyrod is going to continue to trust him. I think the offense is going to lean heavily on him since they only have one guy, unless they draft a guy like Mike Williams in the draft, which I think they could do. But it's going to be Sammy Watkins. It's going to be LaShawn McCoy. It's going to be Tyrod Taylor. And it's going to be that defense hanging on for a few games enough to be relevant. All right. Stakes hating on me, bro. The, a lot has changed. In Buffalo. So they hired Sean McDermott, who is a power football coach. He's signed, what, five fullbacks so far this offseason? So they, they're expecting, it's not five, that's a little of an exaggeration. He signed Mike Tolbert and uh, a few other guys there. Uh, what, DeMarco from. DeMarco, yeah, DeMarco, yeah, yeah, DeMarco yeah, yeah. So they want to run more of a power style system and usually with the fullback you run out of the I formation and that means Tyrod Taylor under center Tyrod Taylor has never really run a under center system 
How are they going to balance LaShawn McCoy, you know, being under center and being, you know, playing with a fullback that you just paid all this money to? LaShawn McCoy was less effective while running out of, you know, I said and double from under center formations. Mm-hmm. He was less effective. He likes to get on the edge and to read that sort of zone, and you can't run real. You you're not great at running your zone read concepts with your running fucking quarterback in, in Tyrod Taylor. You can't run zone read out under center. So I just don't know how this offense is expected to work. Like it makes no functional sense to me. Like you want to run, you're gonna run a wishbone, or you're gonna run a eye formation out of shotgun. We know which way you're running. Then you can force defenses that way. That takes away from efficiency. So there, there is a lot of questions I have with the Buffalo offense in general. I, I still think Lashawn McCoy is going to get a big volume of uh, carries, targets. Mike Gillisley could be back, could be gone. He's a restricted free agent right now. So we'll see if he returns. But other than that, they don't have another sort of running back that I'm scared of um, taking the ball away from him. But McCoy's also a guy who misses a couple games a year. Um, so there, there looks, is some looks, looks some pain on the sideline a lot. So you're taking. Hold no, on, quick know, question. In a, in a yeah. 12-man league, sure. You're you're you got a you got McCoy. At the, back, eight, at the eight or nine, ten pick, you you're know, happy with your your teams. Uh, he's the well, foundation. He, no, number nine pick, maybe number eight, depending. Since DJ, you're happy if that's your if sure. that's your guy. You're happy with that Absolutely. start of the foundation. I hear okay. what they're saying, but at the same time, you said you don't know what they're going to do with the offense that they have. They're going to rely on their studs. It's going to be Lashawn McCoy and Skimby Sammy Watkins in volume. We've seen these last few years. It happened to, we talked about Latavius Murray earlier. He got 51, 51%, 52% of snaps. His volume was there. He was relevant. Volume is absolutely key. LaShawn McCoy is going to do his thing. Buffalo's going to rely heavily on the running game. They're going to continue to do so because they have to, and they're going to do well. LaShawn McCoy is going to be, after you take off David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, do you really f- have a better option than LaShawn McCoy? If I wasn't worried about his sleight of body, no, I agree. He's a fucking beast, but I'm worried about his body. My worry is, is about the longevity. It's like, look, he has a lot of wear. He's taken a lot of, of, of mileage already. The other problem is that, yes, look at what they've done over the last two years, and you're 100% right. Carlos Williams, that was the absolute reason why all of a sudden LaShawn McCoy got the opportunity to become again what he was back in 2013 when he put up 1,600 yards and 13 touchdowns. But in the two years after that, he was an injured mess of a guy who would be playing sporadically, put up a total of nine rushing touchdowns in those two years, and then comes back and has a big bounce back year after uh, Williams gets uh, sent out on his ass uh, for his issues. And I look at it this way. It was also the second year under Rex Ryan. It was and now Rex Ryan has been is uplifted. So you you have a whole new system and everything here. I agree. He's the best thing that they have there. But he's also I, you you look at the, some of the articles that have been being written about him and stuff too. He's not like he's an ultimate favor in Buffalo. So 
with, with that, but D-Rex, you'll you'll understand this. And we cannot when you're a running back, when you're a running back at his age that commands the money that he's commanding, when we talked about all the cheap bargains that you can get on 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 the on the deal right now, and talked about how when they fall off, that no one wants to fucking pay you. This is. This is the thing with him. It's he needs to produce this year in order to validate his contract. I, I because agree. he's got two more years after this year on that contract. And if that ends up being the point where it's like if he does not produce this year, then it's a total waste of a contract that, and, and everything that went down. And it, we all just know, the last point I'll make is that when running backs f- fall off the off the off the tier off or off the plateau, it's a precipitous fall. It it's not it becomes you're now signed to stupid Adrian Peterson a stag set for 3.5 yards of fucking carry for all those millions of dollars and you're going to get nothing for it. So before I go, I'm going to mention a guy in a minute, but I'm going to ask you a quick question beforehand, just a, a spitfire. Jeremy Hill, what do you guys think about him this year? I have no idea what to Real think quick. I have he, no idea. He's going to be me. that guy that everyone's going to continue to hate, but he's going to be the guy that surprisingly produces. I don't know. I'm not buying There's no him. competition. Can't do it yet. I gotta see what happens in the draft. Is there a team that could draft somebody as an upgrade? No doubt, no doubt about it. But you got it over him or Neil. But right now, right now, let's say they don't draft someone. What do you think about RB two? But I'd rather have him in best ball than a regular league because it's going to be heavily touchdown dependent. Completely agree. That's all, Jeremy Hill. Here's here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do this this style. Uh, James White, the Super Bowl fucking stud. Too many, too many backs in New England. New England. I'm not. I'm not picking a piece of it. Concur. I sort of like him because I still think he's going to be the main third down back, and the other guys are going to split first and second down work with some work third down. We'll see if anybody else gets added. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and the one thing I, I like with what Stag says is, and, and I never thought this way, is the third down back in fantasy football does a lot better than I used to think. On that team, maybe even more so. And he's the best pass blocker of the group. You know, and, and Brady and loves him. Deion Lewis is being a little bit undervalued. Right. I like Deion Lewis too. Exactly, he's one of those I'm guys. Done with him. Keep an eye on him though, because he I'm done New, with New him. England still trusts him. They will rely on him, and people almost kind of forgot about him. I think but James White is is removed. And Rex Burkhead. But that's also my problem with with New England. They look. We saw what they did in the playoffs early. It was it's like we're gonna pound Deion Lewis, and he fumbled the ball. Hey, all of a sudden, hey, James White, we have you here too, and that's exactly what but they I, do. So I worry even with any of these guys. That <laughs> you're you screw up one you're day, and life. you're like three weeks from being productive again. No, that, I, I agree with that. But I also think Deion Lewis is ahead in the rushing attack mm-hmm. over Rex Burkhead. Yeah, I agree with that. I, agree with I that. definitely agree with that. Uh, other than inside the, uh, the, the 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 ten yard line, I think they like they've given they actually gave. Hey, a- have you seen our shaved heads, Rex? <laughs> shaved heads. You see my bottle, bottle cap woman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. right, that was a bald white guy All joke. Right. Sorry, I missed it. All right, wait, 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 wait. Lunch here, here, here's what it is. Waiting. The age of 14 is a roastery named Villa, ritualistically shaved my testicles. Now they look like your head. <laughs> my testicles are hairy. My hairy balls. All right, what do you guys want to do? Uh, does anybody else think Crabtree is better than um, 
Amari Cooper? No. Here's the thing. Okay. No, look. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Let me kick off. Fantasy or reality? Exactly. Let me kick off. Football and NFL and. NFL Two different player. things. Let, let me get off real quick. Hard player. If you are playing season-long football, you're going to get guaranteed again after last year. You're going to get Michael Crabtree. You're going to get better return on investment than you will get on Amari Cooper. If you're playing no dynasty question. football, if you are taking Crabtree over Cooper, you are foolish. Okay, Amari Cooper is one of the best wide receivers. His ceiling is out there. The, the, Del Rio and and company are just kind of like. Pushing him to the side. No one knows why. The guy can You're, play football. You sound like a druggie that is making excuses. We're talking about snow, right? <laughs> All right, anyway. So, Amari Cooper is not better than Michael Crabtree, but Michael Crabtree probably will up produce than Amari Cooper. season long based on ADP. Value-wise. I mean, absolutely. I think Michael Crabtree is a better fantasy receiver than... Uh, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper has a much higher ceiling. You've got to remember that this guy has 2,200 yards and 11 touchdowns through two years in the league. I know. Like, this guy has put up insane numbers for his age. I know. Uh, so, I think he's going to be 23 next season. Some of the guys entering the draft are fucking 23. So, this guy's young, still ascending. He's, he's definitely a better player now. But teams scheme to take him out, and I, I don't think that coaching staff is any good. I mean, they got rid of Musgrave, you know, for dis, disagreeing sort of with Jack Del Rio. That's going to be an interesting thing that's not going to be talked about heavily, um, but definitely interesting. There really is nothing like a shorn scrotum. It's breathtaking. I suggest you try it. All righty then. All righty then. I, here's what I'll say. I love Amari Cooper. I think oh, you, he's don't obviously, a, you don't love a short scrotum? No. I think he's obviously a ridiculous athlete and a great receiver. I question his gumption and his heart. And at the end of the day, he's a second rounder, right? I mean, what's his ADP? Amari Cooper. Mark end of the second round, fourth. End of the second round, No, beat. later than that. No, I it's Look not, it up, man. It's no, not it's not. He last year he was a second rounder, and this year he might be an early third rounder. But Gamar, I mean uh, Crabtree, where's he going? Way oh, down, way down. Yeah. And you want to know who's <laughs> I, the two seasons? Yeah, the yeah. two seasons that Amari Cooper has been, and he was an All Pro and a, what a, or a, or a, um, a Pro Bowler this year when. Crabtree had much better season statistically. Mm. Crabtree also had a lot more drops this year than he ever last year than he ever had. Two years ago, this year he, he made it better. But at the end of the day, you're gonna get a Crabtree so much later than a Cooper. And in the two years that Cooper's been a player in the NFL, Crabtree's scored more fantasy football points. Ten total fantasy points. That's fine. Fine. But over but, the two but, years. So how, but how many rounds? But how uh, many rounds? Three. So you no, get Crabtree three so, in the fifth. Okay, but how many rounds times two? What, what do you mean? You said ten fantasy points this year he's, he scored. Is that just this year? Over the two years, he has scored ten total fantasy so points. So out of the two years, how many rounds could you score a... a, a, a I don't know, you probably get him in the tenth. But, 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 but probably about... 
14. Exactly. Last year, he was Crabtree was going a lot later. This year, he's moving up a little because people are catching points, on. 10 points, 14 rounds is what I'm saying. Can I, can I make it also a statement here? And this is like one of those things that's like you, you look at it, you would say it on face value, it's stupid to do. But I never worry about drafting two wide receivers on the same team. So if I had, you know, because you're going to say, okay, you get the bye week, you're going to get destroyed in that, and this, that, and the other thing. You can make all these arguments. But the fact is, if you can trade and if you can understand value, if you get an Amari Cooper in a value and if, if, if Crabtree, whatever, I would I have cared to have Jimmy Smith and, and Keenan McCardle in the same year? <laughs> Fuck no. You're would old. I, well, no, but would, would I have cared to have had Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb four years ago? Hell no. Would I have cared to have, when there are two great receivers and like two great it. receivers? I like, it. I like it. I don't do it in that division, though, because they play Denver twice a year. They play the Chargers twice a year. Good and points. they play the Chiefs twice a year. And those teams all have shut down cornerbacks. So that's a little scary for me. I agree with that. You, you, you give me, you give me a cut up. I mean, no, yeah. Who cares? It goes long. I'm thinking, I'm thinking in general. Is there anyone? I think here's what we're gonna do. Each person tell us someone they love and hate, or love and hate, or tell you can hate me too. And then we're shutting this down in the next five minutes. I hate Carlos Hyde. I don't know why everyone loves this guy. The guy's never had a thousand yard goddamn season. Tell me why I should love Carlos Hyde on a horrible fucking San Francisco team who's still going, I think, around uh, middle C- of the third C- round. C.J. C- C- Anderson territory. Wow. Yeah. Um, Ridiculous. So, so the reason to like... Who do, who, do you, who do you love? You know I love Paul Perkins. Oh, yeah. We know oh. that. Yeah, you know. You're, you're, okay, you're, you're, let, me sing, let, me, let me sing for it. Sexy man, sexy man, eating like a sexy man, God. You Who know, do you I, love and hate? You know, I, I, I love Robbie Anderson. I, I think he's going to be the guy that you're going to get super late, and he's going to be a guy right. that everyone's going to be like, man, I really wish I took Robbie Anderson instead of Quincy Nunwa there. They're both great players, but they're coming at such a different value. You need to go Robbie, man. Uh, someone I dislike, I also spoke of earlier. Don't be shocked if Michael Thomas has a shit year. All right, because they're... I think he was so dependent on having Brandon Cooks on the opposite side of him. I don't think he's a phenomenal athlete. I think he is doing really well with Drew Brees. He's probably going to do okay this year, but you're going to pay a lot more for him this year than what he's going to return on investment. Okay, I got a lot of guys I like uh, all of a sudden. Hit him up quick. I like Jamison Crowder. I don't think his role much. Love a Crowder. And he's going in the eighth or so round. Love a Crowder. And get decent value. Uh, I love Martavis Bryant. But what else is new? I like to get high, and I like the guys who get high because it works. (laughs) (laughs) Is he in? Is he going to play this year? I I definitely think so. They signed Justin Hunter today. Exactly. uh, As a little bit of insurance, apparently. I don't buy that part. But there are people on his coaching staff think he is as talented as Randy Moss. Just hearing that is fuck, Mark, Mark fuck, Davis. Yes, is fucking we insane. That. He is. Go, go. Uh, so Martavis is one of the most talented motherfuckers in the league. Tall, fast, can do fucking everything. Guy I hate where he is going to go and I'm just not going to buy into this fucking price is Dante Moncrief. 
Like, I still have to pay a wide receiver 25 price for a guy who caught, like, 30 passes last season. And, you know, what has never caught more than 50 or 60 in a season. Like, Touchdown dependent. Like, I don't want to pay the price. Like, it's just not going to happen for me. I, this is what I don't understand. It's the same thing with, for me with Carlos Hyde. Guys that didn't do it the year before when you were projecting it, yet you're still projecting it, and Hyde, you're projecting it into the fourth year, and now with Moncrief, we're going into the third year, and it's like, oh, he's going to do this, he's going to do this. He's not done it yet. But, come on. We're not. We don't but, want to be a rearview mirror. No, no, no. I'm not saying. Rear, I'm not saying like, rearview mirror. But I'm saying this. Year, I'm going to take that. I'm saying this. We don't want to have the. NFL. I'm going to tell you this. When I when I will tell you this. When I look at Moncrief and I look at Hyde and I look at it, Hyde is more of a, is a situation of circumstance. I kind of like them both. Just so you know. Hyde is a situation. <laughs> of, he's, he's, he's hurt so by his situation. So is Lars. I think Moncrief is a better is is more of a, a situation where. People are overestimating uh, his talent and overestimating what he can do in an offense. You know, people, people, but it was also because people were devaluing what, what T.Y. Hilton brings to an offense. And we all agree now after we've seen it, that's the guy, that guy's legit. He's, he's all world. Who's my must? T.Y. Hilton. Thank you. T.Y. Where's T.Y. Hilton going in, in the uh, like 13th or 14th at wide receiver? Around but around. Around. He's going in the top 10. For sure. What round? What round? Second round? Second round, solidly. <sighs> At least early second. I, I, this is going to be an interesting offseason Do a draft right now and then tell us what no. you think. Like, you know I know. You know I know. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not knocking on it. I'm just like, the guys, it's just every year we know. We talk about it this earlier. It's like, uh. I remember a year ago just being pissed off. What's up? Yeah, we, we should get a pyromaniac.com uh, MFL 10 going on because it's still good in Illinois. And you're going to get introduced to a lot of ADP values right now, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Holla for a dollar. Here's what I'm going to say, guys. We're going to close it out. Stag party. Hope you moved out. Stag party moved in with this woman. We're going to Jeff Park. Jeff Park. Good buddy. Good buddy. Jeff Park. In the sun. We love you. We love you, Stags. Getting ready. It's been awesome to be uh, wise doing it up. It's been awesome for us, Houdini. It's been awesome for us to have a little downtime. Last year we put so much work into this shit, and we love this stuff so much. We took a little break. We're back, and this is gonna be our greatest season ever. We got our greatest team ever. We got a, just an arsenal of folks doing some great stuff, and we love it. Here's what I'm going to say. Oh, you didn't, tell, our, you didn't tell me yeah. what the music I'm, was. Well, I'm drinking, I'm going to tell you what I'm drinking. I'm drinking a Galaxy Hero and Mosaic Hero by uh, Revolution. You know what I'm drinking? Victory! Victory! You know, what I, you know what I drank was a whole shitload of Half Acre Tuna Extra Pale Ale. Great stuff. First time. Awesome. Stag Party's drinking some Monster. And on our closure, what we're doing is the Von Bondies. Sickness. We Hold opened. On. You, got one, you got something to say? Yeah, it's March fifteenth. We're recording. Beware the Ides of March. Ooh. Hey oh, holla for a dollar. Love it. Zavon Bondi's the first song. I, no regrets. No regrets. And the, it's, the last song is "Come On, Come On." The great part about this band is the Detroit band and the lead singer and uh, Jack Black. Oh, yeah? Hated each other. Really? And Jack Black and him at one point were playing at a festival, and Jack Black of the White Stripes beat the crap out of the lead singer of this song. But 
Still a great album. And that's what he's most known for. What'd you say? The Bond Bondies. Not Jack Black. Black White. Uh, I was going to say. Jack White? Jack White. Sorry. Jack Black. Was, is, Jack, Jack, Black Jack White. I was so fucking confused. I'm going. I'm going. White, white, black. And you, and you said the stripes, and I'm like, I don't see things white or black. And I, I, I know that I'm not part of the for a while, so I'm like, Am I really part of this? Hey, what the fucking music? All right. <laughs> come on, come on, come on! Love you guys. when we could make billions? A trillion is more than a billion, numbnuts. All right, zip it. You, you can't even... Zip it. Zip. Look, Ladies oh. and gentlemen of the jury, exhibit A. Number two, would you please back Look, up? Look, I'm Zippy Longstockings. <sighs> I can't wait a problem comes along. You must spit. If it good. From I'm just trying to. Zip. Would you like to have a suckle of my zipper? I want Stop. Stop. This is me. You know what? You're like a child. Talking. If you just one time. Zip it. Unveil the time portal.